0: We did it before we could do it again.
1: In case of evil clown pull strings. Sounds good to me.
2: It's probably some MK Ultra experiment. Honk, honk. Yep, all the it's all intelligence all the time.
3: This program contains mature subject matter.
4: Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillys, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised.
3: I would like,
2: if I may, to take you. Trade, you do
1: not have this show. Is behind these shem shemas,
4: shem schemes. I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash
2: can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniac!
0: What is a man? You
2: blew it up! Damn you! A miserable little pile of secrets! Damn you all to hell! What is BTS? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance of this. Of Our patience is wearing thin.
5: Now I'm trying to get to, uh, th- I'm trying to get to 62nd and North, North Market. Go down there and get on the Market, Frank. No, I'm line. not train. I'm not training, I'm walking. Alright, just walk right up Market, that street right there. Just okay, this up. street going this way, it's yeah. going north? Yeah. Okay, thank you. What What kind of films you like to take? Skateboarding. Oh, skateboarding? Yeah. How long you been doing that? I don't know, a year. A year? Are you a good skateboarder? Yeah, I'm alright. I hear you. I make movies. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of movies? I make I make motion pictures, space movies. Uh, Do you 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 like space? Yeah, I like space. I film in California. Cool. My my name of my company is Bella Mafia, Quackafella Records, Incorporated by Rhyme Syndicate. Three Yellow Men. Trillionaire Club. You got to think big. Three trillionaires. Yeah. Because this is a trillion dollar industry. And we taking over the industry. We taking over the world. Yeah. And you know what we're going to do? Yeah. And we also, we're going to go two labels. It's only going to be two labels. And the other label is going to be Butt Naked Wonder. Big brother Thunder and the Master Blaster to cut off the little boys' wee wee's, the, the despicable ones. The little boys can't get pussy off their mind. They're gonna lose their dick and nuts, and God gonna make the little boys to take the pussy in the bitches, you know, with alcohol. So you gonna tell, you gonna tell me the, fa- fa- fang, the the pain you feel when you birth your first baby. Yeah. you know and yeah. that's something the man need to know that the pain the woman go through when they do wrong to feel the pain and maybe they won't do it no more. So all you men gonna be pregnant with babies. God bless you, yeah, and, God that's God bless gonna, you. and that's gonna and that's gonna be uh, that's why and that's gonna be 2009, 2010, being the Rat coming into the to the world. Can you say Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Oklahoma, Texas, New York, Philadelphia, around the world. It's gonna be a big nut bus, a purple nut. And the purple pumpkin eaters is coming to eat all you motherfuckers, the real monster. And the purple haze. Uh, no, we're not smoking no purple haze. We're eating y'all purple haze, motherfucker. Uh, and we eating y'all cocaine rock smokers. Because there's a new rock coming to town. Purple rock cocaine. And it's not for sale and it's taking y'all motherfucking dope smokers to the moon. Catch our vapors, you bitches, and suck our dick on camera. Boo! Boo! Ah, ah ah ah! E, 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 e. The funky monkeys is coming! Eat our shit and suck our dick, you hoe ass bitches!
6: Taking over the industry, it's episode 112 of Behind the Schemes for August 15th, 2022. And taking over the world, this is Booberry Black Knight of the Mothman.
7: And all the way from way the hell over here on the Brev Coast, where it's a trillion dollar industry. My name is Lavish.
6: You know, I've heard from reliable sources that it will, in fact, be a big old nut
7: bust. All over the
5: world. Mm. It's going to be a big nut bust. Yeah, you
0: like we space. We did it
5: before,
0: we can do it again. I got
6: to do it again. I got to go back and get that space one. It was good. No, oh, that's such a
7: classic. Well, how you been? How's your week? Uh, good. Uh, busy and uh, active and it's been hot as hell and just just keeping it going, man. We've been we've been trying to stay cool, trying to stay out of trouble, but it's not it's not easy. How's your uh, week going? <laughs> It was busy as fuck
6: Busy Mm -hmm. as fuck It's actually probably going to take up Most of the segment that I have prepared for tonight Is talking about a couple of events that went down Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, it's just I thought the tail end of summer was winding down to an end But uh, just grinding on Keep on
7: grinding on Indeed Uh, People need their entertainment (laughs) Are you not entertained? That would be a good one. Should go find that. One. Are you not entertained? Are you are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs>
6: uh,
7: I love that movie. That's a that's a bro down movie if there ever was one.
6: Post podcast, get banana. <laughs> <laughs>
7: wear banana. Oh, wear banana. That's right. <laughs> wear banana. Get banana.
6: Hmm. I got a tarot card for tonight, and it felt apropos for uh, one of the things that happened to me over this past week. I got the Five of Rods from the Antique uh, Anatomy Tarot, a deck that I picked up in Philadelphia two weeks ago, or mm. a week ago.
7: Five of Rods, this so is that ones? hmm hey, Excellent.
6: And, uh, what's interesting to note about this, uh, anatomy, uh, the antique anatomy tarot is that a lot of the, uh, suit cards, or, um, the minor tarot, minor arcana, excuse me, uh, the rods are drawn like you would find them in the, uh, Thoth tarot. Hmm. Yeah, where it's, uh, it's more abstract shapes, the actual physical rods, whether, uh, rather than it being, if I'm not mistaken... In the Rider Wait, it's a group of like five dudes All standing in a circle Battling
7: with their staves Yeah it's a group of dudes beating the crap Out of each other mm.
6: Well I got to, From the actual uh, Book that came with the deck The Five of Rods throws you Into the ring for a fight Mm-hmm. And only the most determined Will win competition is fierce And your rivals are all around you this card wants you to get your game face on and come up with a plan of attack. Having clear goals and being firm in your convictions will help you come out on top. Uh, the Five of Rods can also indicate that the people around you do not have your best interests at heart. They have their own agendas, and unfortunately, they involve taking you down. Stand firm down. and appear strong, even if you don't feel it. Keywords: being competition, battle, strife, success, and obstacle.
7: I've seen so many kind of different renditions of the Five of Wands. It's it's a conflict card, as you described it. But then I've also seen it as if it's um, an argument of show rather than a, an actual fierce, violent argument. Like somebody's kind of uh, puffing their chest mm-hmm. rather than actually you know, engaging in a fight. It's like someone's walking out with a microphone just blustering
6: a lot of bullshit. And you're like... Yeah. Get out of here, man.
7: I don't know c- you. I don't owe you nothing. Step down. <laughs> Step down, son. It's not easy to fight the man with the microphone, I'll tell you. <laughs> it will be when it's shoved up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> that guy likes space.
6: Oh, my goodness. It's so roomy in here.
7: <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, you know, two guys, two drunk guys at the gas station that are talking a lot of crap but not actually swinging, you know. Yeah. Sometimes. It's like it's
6: like the moment when the when the shirts have come off.
7: Oh boy, when the shirts come off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, and then so shirts are
6: off, pants are getting tugged up. But Pants are off. Yeah, it's still stuck in that awkward are you going to are you going to are you going to kiss them or are you going to punch them, you know? <laughs>
7: <laughs> the five of wands, ladies and gentlemen a mm. Very conflicting card No doubt I it's, actually uh, got the reverse five of wands the other day Oh Which uh, means all the opposite of that crap
6: <laughs> So shirts
7: are still coming off, but <laughs> But in a good way <laughs> We're avoiding conflict now
6: <laughs> No doubt if you want to see the card from the Antique Anatomy Tarot, it's posted at the top of our show notes, which are found over at zosascorner.substack.com. That's where all of our articles and show art and producer credits and links to intermission tracks and all sorts of crazy shit is found in these notes. So you should go check them out. And uh, it's entirely free to sign up and
7: uh, have them delivered over to your email inbox. Mm-hmm hmm they're very, very uh, good-looking notes. They've got a lot of good stuff there, but they're also nice to look at. It has substance and uh, material. Wait, you know what I am trying to say. It's like, it's like the chicken and dumplings for the
6: Internet. Because not only is it going to fill you up, but it's got medicinal properties. It's going to be very uh, hearty.
7: Yes. I think I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's like the aloe vera of, of the internet.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
6: It's uh. it's a very, it's a very familiar feeling.
7: (laughs) I've been here before. I have. Oh my goodness.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We got all sorts of crazy links. We got links to the green room net hashtag green room it's where we hang out every week when we do these shows live on monday nights uh, immediately following hog story which congratulations to the hogs for having the one and only john c Dvorak on tonight oh john c it's very exciting and uh, lavish you might be potentially uh bumping into him tomorrow maybe that's a possibility it's a Maybe it's a big maybe, but you know what they say: maybes are just babies that need nurturing into a sweet little yes.
7: Well, I wish I was the one who could nurture that baby. Uh, unfortunately, the <laughs> the goodness. responsibility will fall onto Mimi.
6: I was going to uh, say that that would be that would be funny to welcome John. I have a <laughs> I have a favorite ask.
7: <laughs> I need to nurture you. <laughs> I, I want no. I don't want to nurture you. I need. <laughs> nurture you i have to <laughs> jcd's listening to this right now and he's like well i'm not going i'm not going tomorrow glad thanks for making that easy for me oh <laughs> uh, man yeah for anybody who doesn't know i'm, I'm hosting a meetup tomorrow this will be my third meetup that i've hosted and since uh i want to say just this summer probably oh nice killing um, it Yeah. I've been, I've been trying to do it like every two months. So I would say maybe a little before the summer then is when I had my first one and they've been fun. They've been kind of, I mean, I've, I've only done two so far, but the first one was a slam dunk and there was like 30 people that showed up. And then the second one, about like 10 people showed up and most of them that showed up were repeat people that were at the first one. And, uh, Yeah, people bug me about it. They're like, so when's the next one? When's the next one? It's like, cool, this is a thing now. Let's do it. I didn't want to do it every month because I felt like that was too much. But every two months, I think, is good.
6: Nice. You can get six good ones in in a year.
7: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe more if if that's what's happening. But there's a a surprising lack of no agenda meetups happening in, in the Bay Area where, you know, JCD lives and was born and reared. So I figure you'd have more of those. Mm-hmm. Especially Indeed. outside of San Francisco. Nobody wants to go all the way to the city for a meetup all the time. Right. Well I
6: hope y'all have a hope y'all have a killer time tomorrow. Sounds like
7: fun. Yeah. It should be all right. Uh and yeah, Adam publicly told John a couple episodes ago, you should go to that meetup. So hopefully that'll happen. But Good for the Hogs, though, for getting JCD in the house for an interview. I, I know that Hog Story... You know, Hog Story has a nice little reputation with those guys because they do a lot of... Uh, Fletcher, in particular, does a lot of f- shouting for them. Like, anytime they need somebody to shout something, they go to Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Because he's the master shouter and screamer. <laughs>
6: Yes, um, I didn't catch the beginning of it, but I'm excited to go back and uh, catch it all. I think it'll be a great, great time. Yeah, me too. Uh, but yes, we do this show every Monday night, uh, following that show at 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern, over at BadRadio.Live. It's got all of our links. It's even got links to... Actually, it doesn't have email links, but... Um, Boo at BehindTheSchemes.com or
7: lavish, or lavish at, at Yep, you know,
6: Easy ways to reach out to us uh, This is a value for value production Meaning that uh, we put everything out on the internet for free And if there's anything that you enjoyed Or got value out of Turn around and help produce a show Whether it be sending in uh, We got a couple of uh, uh, music tracks in the can uh, From Make Heroism that I'm excited to play probably next week, but uh, tonight awesome. Tuta's is going to be wrapping us up with an end of show song.
7: Excellent, excellent.
6: Um, we got artwork. Uh, we got
7: you know jingles, ISOs, all that goes towards helping put this show on. And ideas and conversations uh, and, and book recommendations. Bully Steed has given me a couple great book recommendations. And, and all of that information is valuable. And as Booberry said, we're value, we are value for value, which really means that we don't have ads. We don't have any corporate sponsorship. So we don't have to do any lame-ass reads. And most importantly, we get to talk about whatever we want to talk about and aren't censored by anybody. Mm, indeed. And yeah. that is the most important thing. But of course, uh, as you said as well, everything is put out there gratis. But if you get value from the show, you can always return that value uh, in, a, in the form of uh, a financial contribution. You can go to the website and do that as well. We're also open to that. And we have uh, boostagrams, which are Bitcoin payments, instant Bitcoin payments. And every time somebody boosts us, you're going to hear one of the hosts of Hog Story, Miss Carolyn Blaney, uh, honk for you. <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs>
6: Yeah, we had a couple come in uh, after we wrapped on Monday. Well, let me go back and find that. I believe it started with Pitar with ninety nine ninety nine. He was boosting the live tag on CurioCaster,
7: uh, which is the goat-a-boost, which you can
6: <laughs> put a goat back together in the green room. <laughs>
7: mm-hmm. Most people around here like to sacrifice goats, but some good-natured good Samaritans like to put those goats back together. Mm-hmm. and you can, We give you both options.
6: Yeah, you know we like to we like to have self determination here. Yes, you we play into saying? duality. You know, mm, indeed. Uh, speaking of duality, we got one oh one oh one from C Dubs, and you know what C Dubs has got to say. What C Dubs got to say? C Dubs got to say, "Fuck the IRS and all the fuckers that work there."
7: Indeed, agreed. Well said.
6: <laughs> And uh, I'll tell you what, there are no good people that work for the IRS. Nope. Only people. (laughs) Only people who sit on their little dirty assholes.
7: (laughs) Shitty little poopy assholes. And they've got their little Masonic imagery in front of the building. You know, we've talked about that on the show before, how the IRS has an actual Masonic pyramid and like pillars. Of Solomon's Temple out in front of the building. So great job, great job, IRS. They, they,
6: they'd have they would have nothing
7: without those pillars. No, their power would be worth nothing, mm. and we'd all stop paying taxes.
6: Then they would need ten million bullets. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that was one of the, like that was one of those pieces of news when I read it. It just. Brought a little joy to my heart. I I can't explain it, but the IRS was on the books buying about 5 million rounds of ammunition. I was like, fuck, yes,
7: let's do it. All right. (laughs) Things are moving in a good direction. I like like these odds. (laughs) 5 million to 1? I like those (laughs) odds.
6: I have come to chew bubblegum and kick ass,
7: and I am all out of bubblegum.
6: And ammunition in allegedly, legend has it in Minecraft. This
7: is the rumor, the myth. Mm. Yes,
6: Uh, we had nine sats come in from Jose Daro fourteen on Fountain. He was boosting episode one eleven, two in the fink, two in the fink, two in the fink. Uh, Then we had nine 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 from Fletcher. He said, "You know what? Evil lurks in the hearts of men," and he sent a picture. And I gotta say. Fletcher's also jumped on the mid-journey uh uh art bot um process uh, as well as I mean, that's what we've been doing for chapters and OBDM has been doing that for um for their show art as well. And mm. this bot is doing some I was I was skeptical at first, but I'm very happy with just the sort of surrealistic uh sometimes horrifying implications of some of the art that gets put out. But uh there's a lot of really gorgeous stuff and um that I assume is the uh the command prompt that Fletcher used was who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men and that's the image mm,
7: and that's the prompt. Yep. I feel the same way you you feel. I was skeptical at first and then now that I've had some time to play with it, I think it's very impressive and gorgeous and I love what comes out when you put in a prompt and all the different options and how you can refine it down it's really really awesome mm mm-hmm. uh we had
6: 3333 coming from Mitch uh and he's boosting from Pod Sir excuse me Podverse i still get that fucked up pod serve is our hosting company podverse is the nude podcast app that you should go check out at nudepodcastapps.com or vice versa podverse.fm you can check that out I want to say I want to give a hearty congratulations to Mitch Uh, Mitch has just uh, introduced on the podverse iOS and Android apps the ability to connect an Albi wallet which is a browser based lightning attached uh, Satoshi wallet that you can use to not only boost uh, podcasts. But if you go onto a website that has got the Albie tag embedded in its header, which I was trying to do, mm-hmm. it'll show up. Um, you can boost social media, uh, profiles like, uh, mine at boo underscore Barry Mothman at NoAgendaSocial social.com. I've got a little tag there. Now you can just copy and paste that into a, into your Albi wallet. And it's an easy way to get set up boosts and sats.
7: Hmm. Interesting. I've been hearing about this Albie situation. Looking into it.
6: And uh, I don't want to forget Mitch's message. He said, "Hello, lavish and Booberry. Testing boostergrams from Podverse F Droid 4.6.0. 4.6.0 yeah. will coincidentally be our 46th F
7: Droid release. <gasps> what could it mean? I'm uh, speaking well- <laughs> of code, no one knows what it means. Provocative." Well but hello Mitch, Mitch.
6: Mitch, I can only say that I hope Podverse F-Droid 4.6.0 doesn't fall up
7: the stairs. Mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't go the way of Air Force One.
6: <laughs> I think no, all jokes aside, I think it's super phenomenal that uh not only does PodServe God damn it, Podverse do all of the chapters, the transcripts, uh It'll play our GIF show art specifically, which is Super Amazing Balls. Um, Mm. It's got clips in there. It shows the (sighs) cross-app comments in there. Oh, dude. (laughs) Put it right back together. I know. It'll, It'll play live streams, but now... You can send huh. boost from it. And I think, as far as I'm aware, this is the first of the, of the podcasting two-point apps that does all of
7: this. Pretty th- neat, I think he nailed it. Nailed it.
6: Yep. I think that's super awesome. So, congratulations again, bud.
7: Yeah, thank you for your courage, uh, Mitch. <laughs> uh, Nessa, I said woo. I said what?
6: Uh, next up was Kyron From the Mirror Mortals podcast Boosting 520 He was uh, sending that through the CurioCaster Live item He said uh, testing out some Gematria Go value for value
7: he And was- then he, he did a follow up Because 520 He was off by 2 and Then he sent in a 522 And got I believe the sun I'm not looking at it but I, I think I remember He got the sun in that Gamatria boost. That is correct. Yeah.
6: Yep. Yeah. we had a uh, teased from Bully Steed for 333 through Fountain. <laughs> and uh, 3333 from Servo saying honk. 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 Honk.
0: Honk. 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 <laughs>
6: Uh, 714, and this one I'm looking at it in the chats. This is a good looking one, I have not seen this one before, but uh, uh, Chiron boosted 714 and got the Nikola Tesla boost. Hell yeah, dude!
7: That would be a fun sound effect to get for the show. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I definitely have a, a clip somewhere of like the world's largest Tesla coil going off, it's fun, uh, but yeah. Uh, Let's see, Kyron asks us in his boost, what are a couple of your favorite books? I like adding new items to my to-read list. Well? (laughs) Ah,
6: bold of you to assume that I can read.
7: (laughs) (laughs) If we could read, we'd be very upset. Um, (laughs) You okay? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No. Podcaster down. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you like that? You like that? <laughs> I'm into it. Do it harder. Oh boy. Sort you windpipe karma. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Breathe. Uh, damn it. Favorite uh, books. Well, I've got a ton of them myself. Uh, I. I mean. Based on genre, I don't know. We've been talking about doing a a BTS book list since the beginning, basically, and uh, we should probably maybe chip away at that. (laughs) Oh,
6: dude! You know what would be? It would. It would be fun, but it might get expensive after a while. But uh, there is this sort of leapfrogging of a book box per se, right? So let's say I. Procure this book, and I mail it to you, and then you have, okay, so you read this book, and then you grab a book recommendation, and then you turn around and mail it to somebody else, and then Mm -hmm. that person comes in and grabs a third book, puts it in there, and mails it to the next person. That could be something
7: interesting to explore. Uh, Yeah, yeah. As long as people keep up with it. Uh, I don't see why that wouldn't be an interesting idea. Hmm. Indubitably. Sweet.
6: Um... But, yeah, any
7: actual books? Uh, my favorite book as a kid was a fantasy novel. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but it was called A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula de Le Guin. Okay. And that was, uh, back in its day, I mean, it was it was a pretty popular little fantasy book for what it was. And I, I think I've told you about it. It's about a guy who, it's a, like a, a kid who grows up on an island and it turns out there's like magic in the world, but magic has a a massive cost and not a lot of people can do it. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a much darker medieval style Harry Potter. And this guy is a very gifted magician, but he's young and he's arrogant and he, and he pulls too much shit and his shadow gets separated from him Hmm. and he loses his shadow and he has to, Travel the world trying to find A way to get his shadow back Before the sh- his shadow kills him <laughs> uh, It's obviously a little more complicated than that But that, that was my favorite uh, growing up Was uh, Wizard of Earthsea
6: How about you? Um, I got a couple of uh, Standard classics 1984 Animal Farm Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, Those are three of the Easy top tier uh, lists mm-hmm. No question um, The entirety of the Hitchhiker's Guide series Is is pretty good It kind of Goes in weird directions towards the end uh, I generally I like most of the Stephen King books That I've read up until the end I would say that Cell was a pretty good one As well as The Stand I think The Stand is an awesome fucking book I love The Stand as well I mean, my, uh, my MySpace profile going all the way back then was, uh,
7: was named after one of the characters, the Trash Can Man. The Trash Can Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. The stand had a lot of cool characters. I remember, like, the, the old lady who, who led everybody, and she went out in the desert and starved and mm-hmm. came back. There was, a, there was a bunch of, yeah, The Stan's a good one. Yeah. It is pr- one of my favorite Stephen Kings as well. Way before the movies came out, I no, actually, I had the one. pleasure with that one. Oh man, it's a it's a treat to read. Uh, let's see what's out. Uh, the Hobbit. The Hobbit is easy up there. The Hobbit is a good one. Pfeiffer brings up Heinlein. Uh, I I loved Stranger in a Strange Land. Mm, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Starship movie. Well.
6: Starship Troopers is a is a standard read for a lot of
7: Rangers, Army Rangers. It uh, it should be it has a really good uh, it has a really good message about militarism and about governments that are run by militaries yeah. instead of by the civilian and that's kind of the main takeaway from Super Troopers not Super Troopers Starship Troopers <laughs> Get <next> yeah. up. <laughs> Oops uh yeah Bully Steed Grox <gasps> Stranger oh. in a Strange Land The Exorcist the Exorcist. That hmm. book is hard to put
6: down.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
7: The Exorcist. Yeah, Never I mean, read that's... the book. Oh, and, and Fountainhead. We've been talking about Fountainhead lately, which is an Ayn Rand.
0: Oh yeah. Uh,
7: which is, in my opinion, a, a far superior book to Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged is like it's like reading Capital, you know, by Karl Marx. It's boring. It's just <laughs> like it just propounds fucking philosophy. That uh, you don't care about. But uh, Fountainhead is actually, like, a great story. <laughs> very, very well written. Um,
6: yeah. Some other, uh, this is non, or uh, I guess biography, musician biography specifically. The uh, Warren, Warren Zevon book is really good. Oh, my God. I have to read that. The, uh, I love Warren Zevon, man. The Bruce Campbell biography is super amazing. If Chins Could Kill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and the Let There Be Guar it's going to be very expensive if you can find a copy of it but that's a, a, a phenomenal book love that one um, yeah I mean that's, that's just kind of my general list of stuff that I know from the top of my head that I've gone back and read multiple times
7: yeah uh, uh, for music I would say the, the biography of Led Zeppelin When Giants Walk the Earth by oh, Mick yeah, Wall yeah, yeah, yeah. is that's killer the really, Dirt, really good. Motley Cruz, The Dirt The Dirt, I haven't read that one But I'm sure that's a good one mm.
6: It's interesting, it's got uh, It's written by all four of the members So it jumps from POV to
7: POV Oh, that's great yeah. You rarely get that with a With a banned book, you never get the Autobiography Which is nice That's what you really want That's you know, When Giants Walk the Earth about Zeppelin This It's written by a guy named Mick Wall Who also wrote Uh war the unauthorized biography of william axel rose but uh he like pretends to be the band members and kind of writes it as if it is an autobiography but he's but it's him and it's a, it's a great device yeah well i hope that answers your question Indeed. he's been reading a lot of he's in the chat here he says he's been reading oh is it is it mere mortals that, that's him yeah Karen
6: Down, yeah. Nietzsche, uh, Kierkegaard. I'm not sure with him or who that is. Aristotle. Aristotle,
7: of course. Hobbes, <laughs> Descartes.
6: <laughs> I find them super overrated as a whole. I get way better f- philosophical ideas from books that aren't touted as philo- philosophy. Yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah.
6: You know, there's, a, there's one called um, The Zen of Motorcycle Repair or something. That's on my list. I might even have a copy of it I want to check out. I think it's just this guy kind of documenting the way that he fixed
7: his motorbike. Stuff
0: <laughs>
7: mm-hmm. so like that. Practical instructions. I think that the, the Art of War and, and various, uh, like the Five Rings and certain sort of combat or war-oriented books are also very great philosophy books. Because they... I mean, war is a is a metaphor. You know, you go to war every day, with yourself, with the world, with challenges, and, and how to circumnavigate the complexities and the, the 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 traps and pitfalls of life. You know, it's kind of all in there. You know all my
6: philosophy ended at me telling mom, all I wanted was a Pepsi. I just
7: wanted one Pepsi. Just a Pepsi. Come on, mom. just one Pepsi. <laughs> You're on drugs. I'm not on drugs. I'm not on drugs, Ma, I I'm just not wanted on drugs, a Pepsi. Mom. Yeah, you are. You're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs>
6: uh, let's uh, see here. Song. Oh, then we had uh we had some people putting goats together and apart and together or I'm sorry, it was just okay, so
7: Is it just this one goat, this one poor goat that keeps getting ripped and put together and ripped and uh, put together?
6: So Bully Steed came in, put the goat back together she said bts wardrobe has arrived Ooh, bring on the movie Ayo. night
7: <laughs> nice yeah we're we'll all be, we're all gonna be wearing our bts shirts on movie night hell yeah great. dude oh my god i got two more on the way myself that's great bully steed glad you like
6: yep t-shirts are over at behind the schemes schemes spelled normally so s-c-h-e-m-e-s dot and uh, yeah. you can check those out. Make Heroism uh, may or may not have disclosed us some new designs coming down the pipeline. So
7: yes, get excited. Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra. I can't thank them enough. They they provide an absurd amount of value to the show, and we're so very grateful to them. Indubitably. And, uh, all I can do is buy their shirts. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I've got a BTS bro tank on the way. It's like a dream come true.
5: It's gonna be a big nut bus. Big
6: nut
7: bus. <laughs> Hell yeah.
6: And then uh, our last one uh, so far for tonight was from Pfeiffer. He said, hope there's still room in the burn pit for 6666. 66. This mofo is slaughtering a goat.
7: Oh. And- He's a reverend, for God's sake. A reverend doctor slaying goats. Of course his room in the burn pit.
6: I was watching him. I, 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 I saw him look down. I saw the way he was looking at that handle. I saw what he said.
7: I love that pearl handle. Loves mm. the pearl handle. Loves that pearl handle. Mm. Indubitably.
0: Honk, honk.
7: Honk, honk. Indeed, caller. But yes, if you want
6: to get in on that action, which you should, because if you don't go over to nude podcast apps, you are denying yourself. If you go to look for us on YouTube, you won't find us there. You can still find us on Apple and and Spotify, but not forever because one day we'll be gone and you'll either have to go to our website or hopefully you've switched over to a nude podcast app and uh, Mm -hmm. you'll be listening to us there. You can check out all of our chapters we got transcripts you can boost us. It's a whole lot of fun.
7: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't deny yourself. Don't deny yourself. Podcasting is way more than just, than just audio these days, my friends. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of things going on. It's a multimedia experience.
0: Boost me all night long.
7: Uh, so, so talking about screaming. I just got boosted.
6: Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore and uh and the of- Roll uh, out
2: the MK. Great. Hawk,
0: hawk.
6: that's the easiest way that you can help produce this show is to call 612-263-7999. You can leave a screen mail. You can uh, pretty much say whatever you want.
7: That's right. We don't screen anything. And don't worry, we won't pick up the phone on the air. The phone lines won't be open, so don't be afraid. You know, you just call us at 612-263-7999 and uh, leave us a screen mail. Uh, You can scream or you can just tell us how your day is going. What's going on with you? How's your Monday?
0: <coughs>
3: Not the coof. Uh just got back from a little runny running and uh I was like, Oh, gotta go, gotta go, gotta call, gotta scream call, uh, yeah, so the wife on uh wife and I went away for the weekend for blah blah blah, still a person and then went and uh and then uh, you know, be like to hang out with the special one and uh get some time alone and and whatnot, and, and yeah, you start to work, and you know, gotta start to work week, and you're just like, ah! Because, you know, you just wanna respect, <laughs> you wanna yeah. with them, and uh, hang out with them even more. And, uh, sad, yeah, uh, uh, you're happy you had that time, but, you know, sad you can't have it even more. So, you know, I guess, uh, goals and things to work forward, look, uh, work, work toward, and, and, and whatnot. So, anywho, and, uh, yeah, so, be, that'd be, that right. be the scream. Alright, the and, uh, Blue have man of the, uh, apocalyptic, uh, level and outdoor lighting, uh, and, uh, packing bubbles, uh, in the shed again. Alright, in the shed again, yeah. Uh, alright, well, uh, I mean, there's in the smoker and then there's, uh, uh, and then there's, uh, uh, in the bowl, and uh, I guess you guys are in the screen? I don't know. Uh, anyway, in the stream, uh, yeah. sure. Maybe there should be something in the in in the in the something in the in the goat blood. I don't know. Uh, <laughs>
6: but uh, all right, love the... you, love you guys,
2: stay dangerous. <laughs> Baga!
6: I got. I have one for you, caller. How about in the back of my trunk? The
2: mothman comes out of <laughs> nowhere and grabs you.
6: In my DMs. <laughs> Well, I think technically speaking, it would
7: be in the green
6: room, but in the screens is pretty good. I don't. There's already in the sewer and in the
7: smoker, though. Yeah, there's too many ITSs at that point. You're you, you tuning. You know, we got the we got the in the green room there, uh, Christopher Bowles. If you ever wanted to hop in the in the green room, you can always do that. We're at hashtag Green Room on IRC. You go to irc.zero or you can go to our website and get in the chat room that way. Should we bribe them? bribe him what are you gonna bribe him with here's a sugar cube son oh yeah yeah make him an offer he can't refuse no you, there's no way that you can
6: put down these sugar cubes we've got the sh- best sugar cubes from all around
7: yeah you ever seen cubes like this no, these I, are real this is I, a real thing I, here I, I
6: tell you man i swear up and down i ain't never seen sugar cubes this clean this pure
7: pure straight 100 percent sugar
6: mm. No baby laxatives cut in. Nothing like that.
7: None of that fentanyl. You got <laughs> it all. Perfect. Perfect cubes.
6: Oh, my goodness. Well, I think that was the only scream mail that we have for
7: tonight. Oh, I'm sure we have plenty more coming. And if you call us at 612-263-7999 and let us know what's on your mind, I want to know
6: you got uh you got anything in mind for a die roll tonight while I get that jingle up and ready to go?
7: Well, <clears throat> we blueberry and I have been talking about uh, Dungeons and Dragons a little bit lately, uh, which is a game you may have heard of. It's a tabletop game, and I don't know i I've been thinking about this D20 a lot lately. What can I say it's It's a classic one. The tetrahedron uh you want to just do a classic roll, whoever rolls highest chooses, whether they go first or last?
6: Ooh. Well, I think you've presented me with odds that I would never be able to refuse. Hmm. I don't know, man, I'm feeling pretty frosty.
7: You got a 20? No, I didn't. Did you get a Would 20? Get oh, no, I didn't know. Would, no, I didn't get no, man. No, I got a 17. Ooh, I got a four. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so unhealthy, but so hot.
7: <laughs> I'd like to thank the academy for this four. <laughs> I wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for this four. Thank you, Academy.
6: That's the sort of die roll that you would get when the bar lights turn on.
7: Yeah, that's the, uh, it's one forty-five. go home roll. (laughs) Like, where's my phone? Where's my glasses? Where's my shoes? And then that one douchebag goes up. He's like, closing time. Closing time. And everybody grabs him and throws him in the middle and just beats the shit out of him. Just wails on him. Get the fuck (laughs) and close this. I know who I want to take me home. Boom, boom, bop, 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 bop. You, you motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No. Stop. Yeah,
0: I know. (laughs) Just.
6: Pull out the bar whip. <laughs> Hit him with the mop. Hit him with a fucking mop. Well, that was a that was a pretty good segue into what I did last uh, last Wednesday, so why don't uh why not I go first and just drop on uh drop on yeah you know, everything that happened over the last little bit. Please do. Well, um Make Heroism actually turned me on believe it or not. To hey, no. uh AEW Wrestling presents Quake at the motherfucking lake. It wasn't qu- called Quake at the Motherfucking Lake. It was Quake at the Lake. By in, the lake? At the lake. By the lake. By the lake. By the lake. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't
7: zoom in far enough. Oops. <laughs> Actually, it's Quake by the Lake, so.
6: And uh, you know, I had to go do this whole work conference thing and learn about equity casting and and theatrical productions and it just, you know, it was a lot of racism to sit there and endure for about an hour and a half or so. So this was was a good way to like cleanse the palate, you know, what, whatnot. And, uh, boy, did it fucking deliver. This was the first time that I was ever at any sort of pro wrestling event ever. And, uh, you know, it was hella fun. I got some pictures there, and I mean the side that looking at them, the side is that, that nice? uh I was opposite of. I mean it was kind of sparse, but on uh the house right side it was pretty fucking packed.
7: And why is there such a differential?
6: You know, I'm I'm really not sure. I wonder if maybe it had something to do with camera camera angles. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. But um, yeah. I mean, I even I even left it like. 10 o'clock and it was still going because they were still filming for stuff that was not on the live broadcast this was for off air stuff that they were doing Okay. and uh, yeah I mean there was Chris Jericho was there from WWE fame Uh, he's the lead singer of a band called Fozzy a a heavy metal band Um, Darby Allen and what was his name uh, uh Brody King had a coffin match, Dude, that was sick. It was the one of the headlining events they opened with it. They were doing like cannonballs through fold up tables and they were wedged into the corner of the ring yeah there was there was a lot of blood flying for that one that I do not think nice. was fake. Um, oh jeez, but they actually dragged the coffin out that that uh, you're supposed to lock your opponent in to win the match. And, uh, I will say that Brody King is a bitch who had to get all of his little bitch boy toys out on stage to help kick Darby Allen's ass. Ended up being three, I'm sorry, four on one. What kind of fucking horse shit is that? So they're kicking Darby Allen's ass. He gets thrown into the corner up against a table. Brody King, who's this big, like, meathead dude, just does that cannonball right through him. And, uh... You know, the the little bitch boys are getting ready to go open the coffin so that they can help get Darby into the coffin. Dude opens up the coffin. Guess who fucking steps out? It's Sting. Motherfucking Sting. Sting with a baseball bat and the scorpion on his shirt and the white face paint and everything. So this dude
7: stands up. Not police Sting. No, 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 The wrestler Sting. The wrestler Sting, yes. All right. I had to clarify.
6: Um... So, rest, uh, yes, Sting, the <laughs> message in the bottle. he like the opened the coffin band. and he's just like, ew. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. So, anyways, uh, Sting really wrecked some shit with his baseball bat. That was pretty awesome. Um, I did walk away with a new f- favorite dude that I want to actively keep tabs on and follow him. And uh, this guy's name was Danhausen. Danhausen. Danhausen, it's like the love child of King Diamond and Pee-Wee Herman. If that makes sense. Well, I know sense. one of those guys. <laughs> oh, uh King Diamond, he he was doing like the heavy metal uh war paint, black and white makeup in the eighties. Okay. He is the original singer of the uh I think it's am i evil metallica ended up covering it if i'm not mistaken hmm. that might be a song you're familiar with um but yeah i got uh <laughs> i got like two two and a half minutes and some change of uh getting to know danhausen if you want to check it out oh yeah
4: well danhausen came from someplace far away and, uh, it's Danhausen. Why do you ask Danhausen who Danhausen is? It's this fellow behind the camera is asking Danhausen questions that he should know. Danhausen's very famous, very evil. Everyone knows who Danhausen is. Everyone loves that Danhausen. Why are the two cameras on Danhausen and all these lights? What are all these lights? It's an interrogation of some sort. Who is this? Ah, yes, Danhausen. Uh, again, from someplace far away, as he's already said multiple times now. He wants you to become a professional wrestler, if you will, because it gets him on television. And then again, he becomes more famous, can take over the world. Yes, he's on every television in every single home. See, look at this. Danhausen sees you through your television right now, and/or internet, whichever it may be. Danhausen does not care. Danhausen only cares about being rich and famous. Yes, yeah. anyways, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen uh, finally won his contract. It's a uh, ring of honor. And now he has many sacks of money and is very famous, very evil. You, yes, that's right. The blimp. Where's Dan Housen's blimp? He won this contract. He promised the Dave Honor, said, I'll give you a blimp if you win this contract. And yet again, Dan Housen has no blimp. Where is this, Dave Honor? Dan Housen's waiting. If you swear. Danhausen gets taken off the air. So Danhausen says, No swearing! Because then we get taken off the television or internet, and then Danhausen cannot be famous. It's quite, quite simple, really. <laughs> I see. You ask Danhausen why he carries around teeth. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Anyways, Danhausen here. I'll tell you, they're quite nice. When Danhausen was first traveling around, he'd collect different teeth from different people, and they're disgusting. So, Dan Housen would feed them to his opponents, which makes them almost throw up, and he kicks him in the face. It's quite the distraction, but it's a legal distraction. The referee cannot disqualify you for pouring teeth in someone else's mouth. Good brain. Hello, I am Brian Johnstone. I am a loser, and I yell at internet people because... Uh, uh, do you know what? Danhausen doesn't really know what else he says because he doesn't really pay attention to him. He just keeps yelling at Danhausen. He swears quite often. This fellow's been a menace to Danhausen for weeks. Danhausen beat this fellow within probably two minutes. One, two, three, won that contract right in the middle of the ring. But this fellow got back on the internet, wrote an email or something, and he said, Ah, I've lost my match, but now I must avenge myself. So, I have to fight Danhausen again and try to embarrass him on TV, but you will not, because Danhausen is all-powerful, very evil. So, there's no stopping Danhausen. Danhausen's unstoppable. Is that enough for you?
6: <laughs> I really love the gimmick of uh, walking around with a collection of teeth and pouring it into people's <laughs> mouths. Yeah. Here,
7: take this. You look like you'd use more teeth. Yeah. He's got just a jar, a mason jar of teeth. Nice. Looking at pictures now Oh yeah
6: So you know he's rocking around with the uh, With the sort of uh, Heavy metal Bauhaus uh, uh, Spook fiend Sort of face paint It's awesome
7: He talks in the third person uh, Which is I'm always a huge fan of (laughs) He's got a big Satan bat on his chest too
6: Oh yeah very Satan-y Very Mm. nice Very evil Cool well, danhausen That was the thing that caught my eye. I was looking at the merch. I bought a hat. I'm wearing it right now. But uh <laughs> I was looking at they it. It had this this guy with the face paint and a big black and white swirl and one side of it said very nice and the other side of it said very evil and I was like
0: hmm, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Very, I'll interesting. Take one. very
6: interesting. Very interesting. Um, Let's see what else uh, There was a couple of uh, women matches Those were entertaining um, Always There was a, a gentleman I can't remember his name I guess that would make me a technical homophobe um, But he was a gay wrestler <laughs> That uh, got pinned within three minutes And uh the woman in front of me um, I could If I was at the right angle I could watch the match through her Gaged ears If you know what I'm saying Oh
7: yeah 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 uh, she was Big calling out in spaces there.
6: Yeah, she was. Uh, she was calling out uh, him losing as homophobia. Uh,
7: Unironically, yeah,
6: yeah. <sighs> yep. <laughs> there was a there was a lot of uh, crowd interaction for sure. I mean, there was definitely factions you know chanting against each other. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that was super entertaining. I loved. Just how much everybody was into it It was uh It was very very cool I can dig that
7: Yeah you sent me pics And you, you really had a good time It sounds like
6: Uh so I got a bunch of videos From that night linked in the show notes uh, CM Punk ended up showing up At the very end After the match between The title match between uh, John Moxley And Chris Jericho Looks like now, I've little... heard
7: of this CM Punk character. This guy is very famous. Mm. Uh,
6: yeah, he's a uh, this is kind of a self touted uh, uh, straight edge wrestler. So he doesn't fall for all of the drinking and the drugs and the promiscuity of uh, famedom. Oh,
7: looks like he's, he's a boy scout.
6: Yeah, it looks like he's done uh, both uh, good and bad story arcs. But he ended up running in at the within the last 3 minutes and just trounced like six dudes at all gangs up to kick the shit out of John Mo, uh, Moxley. <laughs> and then to thank him, you know what John Moxley did to uh, to CM Punk? After no. CM Punk just went up there and saved his ass, what did he do? He got in his face and gave him the middle finger. Oh my God! Yeah, so I think John Moxley has got his comeuppance. You know what I'm saying? Oh my goodness! What what a an ordeal! He's he's stirring a uh, a pot of stew that he won't be able to finish on his own. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna take a sip of that. He's gonna burn his tongue.
7: (laughs) Well, that's not very nice. It's not man, it wasn't cool It's not cool, if I was in the audience I'd be like, man that's not cool man and That's uh, it
6: <laughs> But uh, yeah I'm I'm gonna see, I'm gonna go find out uh, More about local matches Now, it's it's on my radar um, <laughs> So I went and met up with a, a stagehand That I know that works uh, at a theater Not too far from the Target Center where Where the show was and we got out there, and uh, I met up with him on the back patio, and <laughs> I rolled up on him. But he was like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going?" Because we hadn't seen each other a minute, without even saying hi to him or anything. I just walked up and I said. I don't know who the fuck you think you are, buddy, but I'm the real mothman of the mini and I can outfight, outfuck, out party any of you lame ass motherfucking stage because I am the original mothman of the motherfucking mini And I come from beyond Jupiter. That's beyond Venus, and that's way past Uranus, pal. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Watch out, you'll have to give Hunter royalties pretty soon (laughs) Yeah, I was really feeling it, I was really feeling it Nice (laughs) I remember after this, you texted me, I think your first text was something like, along the lens of I have had an awakening Yeah,
6: (laughs) yeah, that, uh, somebody just DDT'd that closet door open, if you know what I'm saying That's great yeah, it was, <laughs> it was so, and yeah, I was pretty hammered too by the end of it. <laughs> good, good. Yep. Had a couple of free drinks at the. See, the thing was, the best part about all of this was I was supposed to go see Wicked through a work thing, and they were going to provide a free ticket. But then yeah. m- Heroism hit me up with the deets on this, and I was like, "Oh well, obviously, I have no choice but to go see wrestling."
7: Yeah, you, you picked, you chose wisely.
6: Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I even texted a, a friend of mine that did Wicked for years. And I was like, I was so, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I was supposed to go see your show tonight. And they weren't on it. Um, it's been a, a while since they'd left. But uh, anyways, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, I couldn't make it to see the show that you were on for years. I had to go see Wrestling instead. And I think all they said back was, Fuck yes in all caps <laughs> Giving me yeah. Full carte blanche approval
7: <laughs> there's, there's such a You know they're very similar Wicked and wrestling People painting up and Having all this drama It's really not you know Yeah there's,
6: there's, there's a Well I was about to say that there's choreography But that would be
7: ridiculous Because I watched Because the dude, it's real
6: I watched the dude fucking cannonball Another dude through a table
7: Yeah. That's the thing about wrestling. Even though even if it is allegedly choreographed, they still beat the absolute crap out of each other.
6: Yeah, I was watching some interview, uh it was a MMA fighter. He was still currently competing, but he was interested about transitioning into professional wrestling. And uh he eventually had to back out of it because he said, you know, you can go into you can go into a uh, UFC ring, the octagon, and fight and, like, get the shit kicked out of you. But on a long-term scale, the, the pro wrestlers are suffering damage at a greater magnitude. So they're really
7: just getting put through the, uh, through the mill when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah, sure. If you think about it from, like, the perspective of, say, say a boxer... A boxer in their entire careers is only going to have, if if it's a long career, they'll have somewhere between, you know, 20 to 40 fights in their whole life, whereas a wrestler will have far more than that, far more than that, so,
0: yeah.
6: No doubt, but uh, it was, it was everything that I wanted, everything that I wanted. (laughs) Apparently, they were hurting for hands on the loadout. I I wasn't aware, and Slash was way too uh, inebriated to to even push a box. You know, slaughter up to them. Hello, can I help you, please? You know, I've been in that guy before, (laughs) or been that guy in that position.
7: (laughs) No? You get paid, you get paid, I suppose. Yep.
6: Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all I had on, uh, the wrestling match. I wish there was a way we could watch some clips, but, uh, you know, in the future, maybe by this time next year, we'll see.
7: Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. And you're going to obviously go to, to more stuff, lower key stuff, more local stuff. Cause obviously this is like a, a big, you know, AEW is like world-class wrestling giant arena, but I'm sure that there's plenty of wrestling stuff that's around. That's more Uh, It's like a lower tier You know more intimate but also probably Equally as fun
6: Yeah it's uh, I was kind of curious I didn't think to actually Look into the formation of AEW I'm I'm curious if there's any like uh, WWE Or WCW guys uh, That broke Broke off to,
7: to Form this one I imagine there is but uh, not, not in my area of expertise. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll circle back on that one. I think. I'm hmm. well, <sighs> glad you had a good time. Thank you.
6: Thank you. I think. Uh, I think <laughs> we should make it. Uh, we should add it to our list of things that we have to do <laughs> together.
7: <laughs> oh yeah. If I yeah yes. I if I show up in in the mini ocalypse, I would I would be thrilled to go to a wrestling match. And.
6: Damn, like if I could find some backyard wrestling, that would be a thing of
7: legend to cover.
6: I'm just saying,
7: it's around, man. I'm sure you could find it.
6: I think that I know that
7: there's a lot of that around here, and I I should go to more, and I don't, but I know that around here that's a big, big thing.
6: Yeah, I mean that that could be a fun beat. You know these uh, these big guys with the arenas—they definitely got uh, they got the coverage, they got the cameras, they got the eyes. But the dude with the <laughs> taking a fluorescent tube to the back of the head—you know—he's gonna need some loving too.
7: Oh, there's hey plenty. Look, you get a room full of three hundred people; it's just as good a lot of the time. More intimate. And then with you, I think it would be a slippery slope. You know, next thing you know, you're telling me, well. I I did it I went and got (laughs) my face paint And my outfit And I'm now training to be a wrestler (laughs) The (laughs) Mothman And you have this whole alter ego
6: See I think I think I would resurrect the trash can man for that one
7: The trash can man The trash man Yeah That was uh, the name of uh, Danny DeVito's wrestling character In Always Sunny he was the trash man. Well see, that's why you gotta do the trash can man. No, you gotta have the can in there. Yeah. So you don't get sued by Danny DeVito. Exactly. Although if I were to get sued by Danny DeVito, I think that'd be pretty cool too. But <laughs> Nailed <whatever>. it. <laughs> Succeeding <laughs> in life.
6: Um, but yeah, that's uh so that was I, I got pretty hammered. And then I had to turn around the next day and drive three hours to Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, went to Okaboji, Okaboji, Iowa. Big old lake, Okaboji. Okaboji. It, it turns out that this lake gets up to like 127 feet deep,
7: which is pretty deep for a lake. Certainly, certainly.
6: Uh, but yeah, we were out there uh, working a Melissa Etheridge concert, which was, you know, she was pretty good, and she's still. She still rocks pretty hard. I will say, Melissa Melissa Etheridge did something I have not seen any other publicly uh, facing singer, songwriter, guitarist do. Melissa
7: Etheridge ran up to. Melissa Etheridge. The Gimpist wants to know too.
6: (laughs) Oh, man. What did that Gimp say there?
7: The GIMP, uh, that GIMP was boosted by Sats Mommy herself. Carolyn Blaney boosted 88.88, 88 saying, Oh, hi behind the schemes.
0: Got an eight right there. It's pretty good.
7: Pretty good. 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 Pretty oh, Sats pretty Mommy. Good. Thanks, Sats Mommy. Rio meat. Well, I'm going to fuck it up.
0: <laughs> honk, honk.
6: <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Adios, I, Adios mio? A uh, Dios mio. A oh,
7: Dios mio. My God. My God. Honk. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Thanks for boosting the gimp, Carolyn. Yeah, that's uh He appreciates it. Yeah, he's into it. He loves it. He loves it. He literally cannot get enough of it. He literally cannot even. Yep. Uh
6: so Melissa Etheridge ran up to the drum set, grabbed a couple of drumsticks and sat there with the drummer and fucking did this really tight drum solo. Was like oh, side cool. by side and like they would they would rotate around the kit. So, you know, she would start to the stage uh, to the right of the drums and then would run around. He would take her spot and then she would start on the left-hand side. It was awesome. That's pretty neat. Uh, I want to find a video and get it posted. Cause I didn't get a good one from
7: backstage. And it's not often that, uh, that they pulled that move. I've seen it only once that I can think of off the top of my head with, uh, back when Taylor Hawkins was touring with Alanis Morissette and Alanis would like do that with him. Okay. Go back there and, and bash on it a bit. But even so she was kind of, you can tell she wasn't a drummer. She was having fun with it, but right. I bet you Melissa Etheridge actually probably rocked it and did a great solo and all that. Yeah.
6: Um, I, no doubt's done it before, but they brought like a big floor tom for each of the drummers. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, sorry, each of the members of the band. Um, but yeah, it's it was more so the days leading up to the actual concert that were uh, just interesting. So they built this huge fucking multi-million dollar amphitheater uh, covered stage out by this lake. I mean, you look at the stage and you're looking at the lake. That's how close
7: it is. Sure. Um, Probably very nice.
0: Yeah.
6: There's a lot of money. A lot of money in that little part of Iowa. You know, it's all rental homes on the uh, on the lake. On an affluent wealth. You know what I'm saying? A little lakeside property. A little fuck you money. If, uh, if, uh, well, my story here will elaborate a little later. Um, so yeah, we get there, and I mean, I'm not really sure what to expect. I've not been out here before, and uh, the day kind of started off on a sour note because this whole stage is still under construction. Which normally is not like it's not the end of the world, um, except in this particular instance, there was total coverage of the stage floor, total coverage of aluminum shavings. <laughs> What? <laughs> this whole fucking deck was covered in little shards of aluminum slivers. Shavings. Uh why? Because it's it? still under construction and I guess they gotta like fucking drill stuff up there. I-, I don't know, man. It was bizarre. I mean the whole like there's pictures in there, the um the whole roof is like these wood panels, but the wood panels are not tight to the actual ceiling or there's no foam in there. So the panels will rattle. I think some of these pillars that is holding up the roof got installed upside down. It's a very strange sort of uh, uh, series of events that led to this building or this, mm. the structure being built. Um, but yeah, so we're undumping or we're, we're dumping the truck and it's a half an hour in the stagehands. I can see them all. They're all just uh, smoking and hanging out on their phones, and like we have started to load in. Load in was at eight o'clock, and this is now nine thirty, right? And we already had to spend a good portion of the morning fucking um, sweeping off all the aluminum
0: Mm -hmm.
6: because you don't want to kneel down on that. The the stage manager of the the touring act isn't going to stand for that. Hey, you know, musician, get on stage. Play where there's all this
7: <laughs> metal shave shit.
6: Fuck mm-hmm. you. Um,
7: so finally. It's basically, construction debris.
6: Yeah. And there was still, you know, construction vehicles, construction equipment, construction debris everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finally, the hands jump back in with us, or not back in, but jump in with us. And, uh, you know, all, all the. The, the loudest ones of the group, all they want to talk about is just how hard they work to make things easy so they don't have to work hard, which is not a good indicator of a good time in my playbook. No,
7: you don't want to hear that.
6: What you've essentially told me is you're a piece of shit that doesn't want to work, and you're going to do what you can to not have to do shit all.
7: And you're going to cut corners. Yeah.
6: So. Nice. That's what ended up happening, except uh, instead of making things easier, all these dudes did was make things harder. One guy forgot his fucking inhaler. The one which, you know, I get you had the braces, had a weight lift limit of 20 pounds, which you're not really, I mean, you can run cable, but we got to build everything from the ground up, all of the electric. So we got to move the truss, hang the lights, like, yeah, it's physical fucking work. One dude just my back's thrown out. I can't do nothing. Jesus. Yeah. Where'd they
7: scrounge up all these
6: assholes? uh, some some little outfit in Iowa somewhere, I'm not sure. Sioux Sioux City, Sioux somewhere. Um So the venue dude, the guy that was supposed to be kind of the lead like the tech director, not tech director. Uh It's it's one of the first photos, if not the first photos in the series. This dude got the lull stuck in the mud. If you're unfamiliar with what a lull is, it's uh it's like a large off we or off-roading forklift. You know, it's got a telescoping arm that moves up and down and it picks up heavy shit. Well, this dude didn't put any plywood down and drove the lull right through the muddiest part Of the field And got it stuck about A foot and a half deep in the mud And it that just worked. sank So they ended up having to bring out Another lull and I was like uh, Cue that funky porn music Lol on lull action Oh yeah And um yeah eventually they got it unstuck But like you know this is how we're supposed to Fucking unstack all of our boxes And like You know, they're trying to lift it up, but they've got the fork all the way lifted in the air, which, you know, if you think about it and the geometry of it, you got this long stick with a heavy piece of metal on it, and it's pointed up at a 45 degree angle, and you're trying to lift this piece of shit from the fucking back. What do you think all that weight from the goddamn forks are going to do? It's going to push the weight of the goddamn leg or arm into the base of the lull, so you won't be able to lift it out of the mud. I mean, it's like the fucking Three Stooges with these guys. Hmm. Amateur hour. Uh, they tore the shit out of that grass with all these this heavy equipment. Uh, and I, I end up getting involved here in a little bit. So, you know, the the whole day, it just... it You know, leaving lights... It, you go to hang a light. You leave the clamps halfway and done. You literally just, you know, tighten it up to get the light to hang on the pipe, but... It still moves back and forth. It still wiggles. It's not secured to the actual pipe. You know, this shit is heavy, and it doesn't need to be falling on anybody, so you want to make sure that your clamps that are holding in onto the truss are tight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just so many of these lights, like, not tightened, and... Anyways, that's just nitpicky
7: stuff. Yeah, it sounds like these guys, uh... Could use a, a couple uh, pointers, maybe a little more experience.
0: Yeah,
6: I was not uh, not super happy. So we uh, like go back to the uh, hotel, and go out and get some food, and come back, and you know, we're hanging out. I'm wearing my BTS shirt, showing it off proudly to all the coworkers and whatnot. Of course, of it. course. Um, and then we take a trip out to the dock. Uh, our hotel is. Coincidentally enough, on the lake, but on the opposite side from the venue, so we can actually see part of the the structure from the other side of the lake where we're at. And uh, it's two nights past the full moon, so we go out. And we want to see the moonrise, and uh, I got some really nice pictures from that little excursion. Mm-hmm. Which the I moon thought was, was fun.
7: gorgeous. Yeah, dude, really, really looking good. I hope everybody got a nice view of that. But uh, as we are out there,
6: this uh, boat pulls up and drops off
0: uh, eight different drunk white, well-to-do uh, older guys,
6: and they—they're you know curious what we're doing there. Like, oh, you know, we're not—we're not—you know—we're not really doing anything. We're just hanging out, what, what, waiting for the moon. And this gets the guys all excited, so. A good number of them end up staying there, and they're curious, like, you know, what we're doing here, and, you know, we tell them that we're stagehands for this show coming up, and it's the classic story of having to explain to them what a stagehand is, they think that, like, we're with Melissa Etheridge, no, it's not the case, like, we do just the house stuff, and... um. I wanted to ask a lot of questions like, oh, well, what is Melissa Etheridge like? You know, is she a nice person? Like, is there uh, an artist that you feel like is uh, really cool or really douchey? And I mean, this went on for about 45 minutes, and I'm just sitting there taking pictures. Like, you know, I'm not really looking to engage. Uh, and most of the group ends up leaving after the moon comes out, but this one guy ends up staying. And <laughs> it was It was a very enlightening conversation because when I was listening to this guy talk to two of my other coworkers, I realized I'm not a fucking coward anymore because I have gone out into the wild and I am about to engage into conversation with a guy who is a self-proclaimed Republican but hates everything Trump. And he also side note, <laughs> told us that he thought that Liz Cheney was a uh, national treasure, and
7: uh, I was like, oh. I was so close to putting Liz Cheney in the intermission today. Oh. so fucking weird.
6: Well, dude, it was, man, I, I, and you know, these guys are going back and forth, like they, uh, they were arguing about the riots, they disagreed, like, who did it and why, and I was, you know, they just assumed that it was a. You know, all of the people that lived in those neighborhoods in Minneapolis that burned that down. And, and I got in there, and I told them, I was like, no, you're wrong. It was definitely not just people from the local neighborhoods uh, hoods burning stuff down. There's mm-hmm. out-of-towners traveling. So I got to whip out a bunch of photos. They are like, oh, you know, they were talking about January 6th. I was like, let me show you a real fucking riot. Like, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it, nothing Nothing I could say was, like, you know, they they just went straight back to this back and forth about, like, Trump and all of this other sh- crazy shit. And, mind you, like, before these gentlemen had showed up on the dock, there was a conversation being had about ways that we could go and market MILF oil. Um, I'll just let that explain itself. MILF oil, at least. And, uh,
7: you I know... Think they can- Imagine what milfoil is.
6: Yeah. So, you know, these guys are sitting there arguing about Trump and um I'm not arguing, but they're like heatedly to, like into hating them, hating him altogether. Like, oh yeah, you know, like this guy really fucking sucks. Like he's just so evil. He's so evil, but he's so stupid. Oh, this guy's so dumb, he's so ignorant. And I, I looked them all three in the face and I was like you know, I just had this awakening earlier this week, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you guys talk about politics the same way that people talk about pro wrestling. <laughs> hmm. It was just a blank fucking stare from him. And uh, one dude, he's a really good guy, and he I can tell that uh, he sees it. He, he just like that door is cracked open for him. He sees the, the, the fissures in the matrix. It's just somebody's got to like, shatter that gr- glass ceiling for him. Yeah. Because he yeah. thinks, you Bring know, him free. Everybody, is, everybody is corrupt, but Trump ends up being a little more corrupt because he said, grab him by the pussy, for example. Uh, and I was just, you know, went on this big tirade. I was like, you could point a finger in any one of these douchebags and point a, a second finger in another fucking douchebag, grab a long stick put the charges of what they're being accused of on that stick. You'll find some fucking correlation. Like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. All these douchebags are doing the same sort of shit. It's just, who do you want to highlight for entertainment?
7: Yeah. Who gets on TV?
6: So, you know, the conversation kind of dies back from politics. And this dude is getting into a little more of his life story. And he's not rich by any means. He just has fuck you money. He told mm. us that I was
7: like great <laughs> But he told uh, you he has fuck you money Yeah
6: and he, was, he was wanting to know about like our Retirements and our health care And all this crazy shit And uh but what he was most interested in Was he wanted to smoke a little Reefer because uh One of the dudes had had, had some With him mm-hmm. And uh homeboy was like yeah I'll go back to the hotel and which is Spitting distance and I'll get something rolled And we'll be ready to rock and rock and roll and the guy's like, great. And so, you know, we're hanging out on the uh, <laughs> the dock there a little longer. I'm taking more pictures. Guy asked me at one point how old I was. Like, uh, no, he assumed Weird. that I was, he assumed that I was like 24, 25. I was like, no, dude, 31.
7: <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> but, go. But thank you, I guess. The compliment is accepted, right?
6: Yeah. Uh, so eventually they uh, they walked back over to the hotel. And I was just a couple minutes behind them because I was finishing up on photos. and. I guess what had happened was they got back over to the hotel and um, my buddy was getting ready to smoke with him, But this dude who had been hanging out with us for the past fucking 45 minutes to an hour, one of his buddies rolls by and grabs him and is like, you don't need to be making bad decisions tonight, and hurries him away. And the dude uh, didn't want to be caught smoking weed with, uh, in front of all of his friends that he was hanging out with at the hotel there so he went to bed.
7: <laughs> hmm.
6: And I told I told uh I told the Gotta guys keep up
7: appearances. I, yeah,
6: I told the guys when I got back up there cuz you know I had no idea what had happened. And they told me I was like, "You know, you can have all the fuck you money that you that you need in this world, <laughs> but if you can't even fucking stand to smoke a little pot in front of your friends, are you truly that free?" <laughs>
7: yeah. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point of having all that money, you know?
6: Yeah. What are you going to do, man?
7: Go <sighs> sit in your fucking house by yourself and smoke weed? All that money? Yeah. Come on, now. Come on, guy. So, that was the last we ever saw of that dude. <laughs> and we never saw him again. Never saw him again.
6: Uh, the next day, oh my god. The gr- epic battle for this, the aerial boom lift <laughs> took place at the, at the event. It was the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man memes. Who drives this lift? Well, that guy, but that guy, but this guy. Um, Who's got a harness? Well, this guy has one. Well, it's not actually him. It's this guy. It was just a fucking circle jerk for hours. The LD is for the band, for Melissa, is ready to focus. And uh, (coughs) eventually I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I'm getting my wrench. I've got a safety belt. That I wear on my daily person Personal care I'll fucking tie a rope into the lift Good to go And I go to fucking huff over to the lift I I know how to drive them and drove them for years There's two part Two dudes that work for the The site there They're like oh well you can't drive this lift You're not on our insurance You have to get Tyler to drive this lift And you know what my question to them was What was it? Who the fuck is Tyler? (laughs) Oh, well, Tyler's the guy that's supposed to drive this. Okay. And where's Tyler? He's not here yet. Okay. And when does Tyler get here? Uh, We don't know. Okay. Can I have the lift? No. (laughs) So I ended up telling telling on them to the stage manager on our side. He went and fucking argued with him. Turns out that lift isn't even fucking, it wasn't even rented by the site. It was the construction companies, and the construction company had given prior approval to use it. So, three and a half, almost four hours into the call, two of the construction dudes drive the lift over to the front of the stage where we got to focus these lights. I walk up in the harness. The guy's like, hey, do you know how to drive this thing? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. He's like, here you go. Hop on in. Fucking prr- prr- prr. I'm up there. Focus was done in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's just <laughs> and like the guy that was supposed to be driving it showed up while I was in the lift. He was just sitting there watching me. And It was all said and done. I got it. I come down. He was like, I was like, all right, you ready to take this? He's like, oh, could you actually park it for me?
7: <laughs> come on, guy. Tiptoe through the fucking tulips with these people.
6: Oh, yeah. So, you know, the rest of the day, it's, you know, just little minor, non-consequential things. The show happened. It was great. People had a good time. Loadout was interesting. We ended up having to throw cases, not on wheels, on their backs, on top of, like, big stuff in the truck just to get everything to fit. It was a mess. Still got out of there at a good time. Mm Um... Got some, uh, oh, it turns out that the roof garden was the name of a ballroom that was right on the other side of the, like, it was like, it's, it's a little mini theme park, so they got roller coasters, a Ferris wheel, golf course, all that shit, right? hmm But there's a old fucking venue right on the other side called the roof garden that was built in 19, I want to say 23, uh, in a lot of bid big bands used to come through there and play that space. And then rock and roll ended up catching foot. The dude that ran the space was like, Oh, these kids are going to love this stuff. He started booking a lot of rock and roll acts and it ended up being one of the premier spots to travel in the forties,
7: fifties and sixties. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, some of these acts that went through because you posted some of the history. looks like the Everly brothers and Roy Orbison and some other big names are playing there. That's very cool.
6: Uh, Beach Boys, they flew straight from uh, Los Angeles to the roof garden to start their tour. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Very
0: cool. Johnny I love Yeah.
6: Even the Yardbirds from England.
7: Oh, that's neat. I'll bet you Jimmy Page has a picture somewhere playing there. Yeah.
6: And uh, they did end up burning down the original structure in 1988. Uh, but they, you know, rebuilt it. and mm.
0: uh,
7: Well, the 80s were a strange time.
6: Yeah. I saw Night Ranger played over there over the summer, which was cool.
7: I like Night Ranger a lot. Night Ranger. I told you I went to high school with Brad Gillis' daughter, right? What? No, you didn't. Uh, I th- uh, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But I did. What? That's cool. Yeah. Yep. 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 I never met him. Uh, and I, when I was in high school, I didn't really know who Night Ranger was that much, but I knew her and I knew that he was the guitarist of that band. Did and you it know- was only after I left high school, I was like, oh shit, I should have talked to that guy or something.
6: Did you know that he ended up playing for Ozzy too on one of his
7: live albums? Not only did he play for Ozzy, but he was the man who replaced Randy Rhodes. He was Randy Rhoads' immediate replacement when Randy died. What a... What a gig, man Yeah, what shoes to fill So that's That in and of itself is a major Rock and roll accolade But obviously Night Ranger In and of itself is a, Was a very famous band And a lot of people like them Yep Yep
6: mm-hmm. uh, They got a whole museum there Oh dude, they had this beautiful 16 track recorder there on display this shit was awesome. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to remember the Ampex. Was that the name of it? I didn't take a good enough angle to actually get the, the model number, but it's over there in the show notes. Um, it's very, mm. very, very legal, very cool.
7: Yeah, this is cool. I'm looking at the the site here. It's very, very neat. I love stuff like this.
6: Oh, and then on the way home, while listening to the blue gr- uh, the two-hour folk hour, Featuring Rusty Apples and the Good Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer mm-hmm. uh, Not only did I find A drive-in theater On the way home Which was very cool I saw this big metal flat structure The back side of it and I was like Well that's a weird direction to have a billboard Where there's no road and I got to thinking I was like oh, I bet that's a motherfucking drive-in theater movie screen Pulled into the mm-hmm. parking lot Lo and behold that's it
7: <laughs> Yeah Those are the best
6: And then uh, a little, it was pretty much on the way out before I got into the interstate. um, I uh, found this old, abandoned motel. And I really want to go. The issue is, there's no good place to park, and it's highway-facing, and there's residential just to the left of it. Uh, what would it, you do with this uh, Abandoned motel Easily get in there and take photos Easy mm-hmm. Do no a little question. exploration yep. Urban splunking I, I I have not done it Much There's been a couple of really cool spots That I've been into mm-hmm. And uh, It's something that I it just I can't get over the I don't know It's there's nothing
7: there's Nothing like it
6: the surreal Sort of like the of just You know
7: Yeah the weight of time On a once beautiful Building you know
6: (laughs) And so while I'm sitting here trying to wax Poetically about it servo nails it In two words crack hotel
7: (laughs) Crack hotel (laughs) That's motel For you sir crack motel Yeah a Motel 6 gram.
6: <laughs> Motel 6 gram.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a great great way to uh, jack up and zoom up.
7: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing a little urban and spelunking. It's, that's always fun to do. There are some really great old buildings in San Francisco. Oh, I um, bet. Which, you know, there's... Not as many as there should be because it it really is kind of a tightly packed town and they they tear things down all the time. But one of the coolest things you can check out is all of the old uh, batteries that they set up along the shoreline of the ocean. All these World War II batteries that faced the ocean to defend against a potential Japanese attack or invasion. Oh wow! And they have—I mean, it's gorgeous. The actual artillery and all that is, is not in there anymore. But they have like basically these big concrete caves. These uh, these big open sort of where they would where they would house all that stuff. And people have done all kinds of graffiti and art, and, uh, and there's just a, there's a, a dozens of them. There's a bunch of them. Uh, that's that's all good fun. And then, of course, the bathhouse. There was a great big bathhouse Ooh. that was built by some of the rich SF guys back in the early 20th century. And it was brilliantly built. It was right next to the ocean, and it had a saltwater pool and a freshwater pool. And the freshwater pool was, was maintained, but the saltwater pool was natural. It came in from the ocean and was filtered out. And uh, that whole place burnt down, and it's a massive. Collection of ruins right by the ocean That you can go and explore Wow That does sound like fun Yeah, if you were ever to come to the city And we had a couple days, I'd definitely Would take you there Get a kick out of it Uh, Yeah Urban smoking, of course, a a crack motel In the middle of nowhere is also equally interesting Because who knows what (laughs) you'll find
6: No doubt Uh, You know, truth be told It's probably it's probably a little more methy out there than crack. Yeah, yeah. To each his own. Yeah. But you know, I'm not a scientist. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <And> I'm <laughs> can, not a crackhead.
6: Yeah. I can only gauge by the state of some of the stage. Hands. I mean, like, okay, so you know, working with methy stage hands, it sometimes it can be a hit, sometimes it can be a miss. Like, if you can find the really like. Nom, like sort of minimal task but it's like you know I, I need you to do this and this is there's going to be a lot of this but the best part about this is you're going to do it the first way and then you'll do it the same way for all of them so in, in that regards having that sort of zoomed in high is great I'm like yo you know all these bolts let's do that again
7: boom done a focused crackhead yes. Yeah,
6: and this guy's going to fucking lift all of this truss up by himself overhead carry it off to the truck sick
7: let's do it <laughs> a, a candle burning twice as bright if you will <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> his pupils got or sorry
6: his eyes got two colors white and black
7: <laughs> they've only got one mode go <laughs> zoom yeah yeah <laughs> Never mind. i i did a show I I hope I'm not interrupting uh, just a quick story because we were talking about stagehands. I did a show with my band on Saturday at at a at a Garlic Festival. It was like a big like street fair. Ooh. <laughs> and they had a big stage and we played on the stage and we had sound guys and all that. And these sound guys were hammered. These guys were fucked up. Like they were just jamming beers and they were st- Chain smoking the whole time, and they were just Parting their asses off. And uh, they'd come up and be like, How's your monitor? How's your. Okay, here's. Okay, great. And then they go back to the board and then they fuck it up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Turn shit up and fucking. Oh, what a blast. I had a great time. <laughs> Stage hands, man. They make the world go around. Yeah. <laughs> Even with a couple deep. Oh, yeah, you got to do it. I even said, I was like, oh, you're, you're hitting it hard today, huh, boys? And they're like, we had to. You know, it's, uh, we've been here since 9 a.m. or whatever. And we've been drinking since 9 a.m. Like, oh, right. Good for you. It was like 5 p.m. Yeah. 6 p.m. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you technically
6: had to start drinking at 9 a.m., that is technically mm. a decision. It's
7: a decision. I mean, yeah. you'd think that the band would start drinking at 9 a.m., but we did not. We, we waited, you know? I, like to, I, like to, I don't like to drink before noon in, in any circumstance, even if it's a Saturday and I'm playing music and shit, mm. because you'll just wipe yourself out, you know? Right. It's about the longevity. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. Indeed. You know? Drinking is like making love. Can't blow your load all at once. <laughs> I drink,
6: I drink my drinks like I drink my women. Two pumps and a wiggle.
7: <laughs> I like my women the way I like my beer, ice cold. <laughs> 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 oh lordy! Well, oh, that's, my. Uh, I'm going to get canceled. Oh wait. We're your value. value. Uh, you can't cancel me. <laughs> you can't cancel me. You can't do shit. I mean even suck a bag and eat my ass. You know what the best
6: part is? Even if Payval for whatever reason decided to take us and be like, mm, you're not a part enough of the system. We still have all of the streaming sets and boostergrams.: Yeah. And, and artwork and music. You can't stop us. This is this train
7: is moving. You can't stop this train. I have a question for you. Does it terrify you? No. Oh well I mean not like you oh, specifically
6: wait. But you know yes. somebody was like into Am I sort supposed of to play stuff, along yeah. Yes yes I'm like, terrified Now imagine you're part of the solution And go Does that uh, terrify you Yes <laughs> Good <laughs> How about a scream mail Oh yeah
7: absolutely Alright let me get a woo-woo. Whoop 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 whoop. Whoa whoa. Whoop whoop. I said whoa Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Thanks for the woo-woo mm. woo woo caller. Hmm. you can give us a woo woo at six one two two six three seven nine nine and if you feel so inclined. Patsy climbed.
0: <laughs> what kind of garbage is that? Oops, my anarchy symbol.
7: That's a, I have not heard that one in a long while. Going to the, cracking into the reserve. Mm, I was looking for the sexy whoop whoop boost.
0: That's
5: right.
7: That's right. That's right. It's gonna be a
5: big nut (laughs) bust.
7: I'm so glad I showed you that space shit because I swear to God, that video is so old now. It's probably like 12 years old now. Hmm. It was a. It was a. You know. Internet a classic school boy schoolyard classic. <laughs> you know, you're running around the cafeteria. You like space? You like space? Go it's a trillion be- dollar industry. <laughs> <laughs>
6: uh we only got one more. We only have
7: one well, more. Well, one so far, but you know, this is only the first half of show. Uh Sir Booberry and myself, we like to take a little intermission and uh, you know. Have a a smoke or something, and then come back and do the second half, which means that there's plenty of time for you to call in at 612-263-7999 and let us know what's on your mind. Hmm. Let us know. Yes, let us.
6: I gotta know if you're around right now. You got anything to tell us about this intermission before I pop the tape
7: in? Well, uh, speaking of drunks and speaking of wrestling... I've got a little uh, excerpt from none other than Nature Boy himself, Ric Flair, Woo! who's uh, in, the, uh, in the intermission, and he talks about his drinking habit, and others do as well. So that'll be one of the things in the intermission.
6: Could I potentially interest you in a second, second half of show, top of, uh, what would we call it? Let me take out the top of part and just add shot. How about a second, second and a half of show shot?
7: Okay, sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't touched the stuff at all today, so I could do one, no problem. Yeah, me either, man. Me either. I, it was a weekend full of drinking for me with the band, so I was trying to take it easy. But I'll do one now. I'll, I'll feel a lot better, probably.
6: <laughs> oh, and if you're listening live to us, you should probably do the same, so that you can join us in for a rounds of cheers.
7: Yes, or you know, water, whatever, whatever you want. No pressure. The acid, the acid, eating through my
0: suit.
2: You've got plenty of time to get back to the ship. Use the directional, and above all, stay calm. More grief with that silly bastard. Did you see the post this morning? Yes sir, I'm gonna see center. that fellow's picture by the bed? Yes sir. Are they, and you see that furniture they bought from Jordan Marsh? What the hell did they let the reporters in there for? Are they crazy up there? Now you know what's gonna do. Any congressman's gonna get up and say, Christ, if they can throw $5,000 away on this, let's cut them another billion dollars. You just sank the Air Force budget. You're crazy up there. Are they crazy? That silly bastard with his picture next to the bed? Sir, uh, I'm appalled, but... Uh... Well, I'm appalled, too. Uh, and now, the I thing is... I, I, the I, thing I, of the matter is, I'm gonna get that furniture. I have just told Sylvester, you can talk to him. I want to find out if we pay for that furniture, because I want it to go back to George Marshall's. All right, sir. Then I want... That in incompetent who had his picture taken next to Mrs. Kennedy's bed, if that's what it is. I mean, he's a silly bastard. I wouldn't have him running a cat house and that uh, Colonel Carlson, who led in Larry Newman and those reporters, is he crazy too? Christ, they're not all in Is that the way they're throwing money around over there? You better look into it, and especially when you told me that they hadn't spent a cent. Well, sir, this is uh, obviously. Uh, well, this is obviously a fuck up. That's, okay. That's right. Right. Right.
1: This is a great story. I go to the sports psychologist, and so you do the initial paperwork, you know, da, da, da. You know, how many times you masturbate a day? Uh, twice. Every day? Uh, yeah, depending on where I am, yeah, okay. And then, <laughs> that's the first question, right? Then, so, how much do you drink a day? I said, I'll drink at least uh, 10 beers and probably five mixed drinks. He said, well, how many days a week do that? I said, every day. He said, how did, do you mean every day? I said, I work every day. I drink the beer in the car, I get to the hotel, and I drink vodka. He came out of a chair like that, right? You drink every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and you've been doing that for how long? I said, uh, well, let me say, it's 1989, I it started in 72, uh, you do the math, almost 20 years. He said, that's not possible. We <laughs> said, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> By the time I got through with that, son of a bitch, he was laying on the couch and I was on the chair talking to him. That's the way it is, Zach. <laughs> Come travel with me for a week. <laughs>
0: Turned.
1: Behind the schemes. Starring.
6: Welcome back to second second half of show for episode 112 of Behind the Schemes.
7: And that's right. It's currently August fifteenth, twenty twenty-two, about nine forty p.m. here on the Pacific coast, which means it's eleven forty p.m. over there on the central. Uh, and uh, yeah we're here uh, you're here with sir booberry, a uh, black knight of the Miniocalypse, black moth of the man, <laughs> the black and, man
6: of the minioculus. <laughs> oh,
7: so tough. There's so many different things they can go with, you know. Your your name is like a is like a choose your own adventure novel sometimes, you know. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, but you know me, I like to keep it simple. Uh, people just call me Lavish or maybe Lavash or maybe Lovish. Lovish. It could be Lovish. Lovish lit sometimes. Uh, A.K.A. Sir Lavish the Red A.K.A. Sir Lavish the Red Of the Divided and Conquered Valley And Mm. the Dirty Sack Delta And does our good sir have his Liquor ready? I do have my liquor ready, sir
6: I got uh, some more of that party batch From John Party
7: Whiskey John Party? Is Is it a man or is it a brand Or is it both?
6: It's a, it's a country artist. It's the bounty whiskey left over from Dimmer Beach from a couple months ago. Mm, very nice. Yes. very nice. Country like artist who whisk. started his own whiskey.:
7: Uh, the dream, the mm. American dream.: Very good. I've got myself a Cazadores reserve reposado tequila. Hmm.
6: you know, I'll, I'll only drink tequila if it's purchased for. Or asked from, uh, from me.
7: I don't. Uh, I don't go out and seek tequila on my own. Ah, I see. I see. Okay. Uh, when you do drink liquor, is whiskey your go-to?
6: hmm I like. Yes. I like whiskey. I like moonshine, real moonshine, if I can find it.
7: Yeah, you don't get a lot of real shine around these parts. I would like more of that going on. Yep, should come out of somebody's trunk if they're doing it right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw somebody on NAS post something. You know, park bench reserve. Oh yeah,
6: was- how to make your own park hooch.
7: <laughs> yeah, it's like all you need is like apple juice, yeast, you know, glass bottle, and a balloon, and there you go. In time. Yep. And you got liquor.
6: Uh, you got uh, liquor, my friend. Liquor? Hardly know her. Well. <laughs> I find nothing else better to cheers than to that. Mm, to, oh. to the liquor, Randy. <laughs> to the liquor. Cheers, everybody. Uh, I am the
7: liquor. And that came from my uh, Cat's the Musical tour glass. Oh, Cat's the Musical tour glass. Your rum-tum tugger. Hmm. Disturbing, and yet delicious. There's a quote on here. That I don't remember the context of.
6: Stoutest of cats. Monkey strap. Then if someone will give him a toothful full of gin. Have you ever seen a cat out of breath? Dick wit.
7: <laughs> did you get <laughs> drunk and write that yourself? I did not. Believe it did or not. Did you write that in sharpie on your shot glass? I can. Bunch of shit?
6: Harpat called me out last podcast in 2.0 He's like, he sounds like he's casting a spell I was like, well,
7: maybe this Motherfucker's always casting spells and shit Anytime you see him, you know Wax into something that doesn't make any sense You better believe it does make sense On the other side
6: Oh, man I can feel a sweet embrace of the other side right now
7: <laughs> Yeah I uh, so, I mean, maybe I'm just hungover But I feel a lot better now <laughs> <laughs> You know, Blueberry, I'm a seasonal drinker. I think I've told you this before. Uh, In the summertime, I I tend to go with rum and tequila, and in the wintertime, I tend to go with scotch and whiskey. That makes sense. It checks out. Right? Yeah. And he goes for beer, too. In the the wintertime, I like to drink ales, and Mm. in the summertime, I like to drink ciders and and stuff like that. Uh, Nice. After a lifetime of drinking fucking Rolling Rock and Coors Banquet and shit, you know? One day I woke up and was like, wow, this cider is different and great. <laughs> you know, I don't have to do this to myself. I don't have to just drink swill all day. I can drink something.
6: I was decent. like that with PBR for the longest time. I was mm. a total fucking PBR nut. It's was like, yeah, it's great. Look how cheap it is.
7: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get a 32 rack for like 15 bucks. <laughs> Dude, we had this five gallon uh, uh,
6: trash bin outside. Uh, <laughs> Monty's old place um, Back when we were in college And uh, It ended up being just all PBR you Yeah know. It, was so, it was so thick, my mind. It was so thick that we were able to <laughs> When it was raining and we were Trying to grill outside We could stick like bamboo and gaff tape An umbrella into the Trash can <laughs> to make a little Umbrella stand so that we could uh Keep our meat dry. <laughs>
7: <laughs> it's very uh, crafty. It's very—I'm uh, trying to think of the right word, but crafty, basically crafty. Yeah, it's good times, man. Yep. I, when this Fourth of July. I want to say maybe like seven years ago. We got a, a big keg of Coors Banquet, and I drink a lot. I've drinking a lot of Coors Banquet in my time. And uh, we did this 4th of July, and we crushed this, this keg, of course, Banker. We destroyed it. Between, like, less than 10 guys, we drank this whole thing. And I've never, like, drinking it ever again. <laughs> All done. <laughs> I, I, I retired from it that day. Like, never again will I have this shit. And I've had a couple of cans every now and again, and it just takes me right back to to, to a very dirty time in my life.
6: So you got that keg Finished in what? Uh, afternoon? A night?
7: In, in one 4th of July evening. So if we started drinking probably around, oh, you know, noon on 4th of July. And then by the next day, it was all gone. So yeah, just full 24 hour. Dude, my cr- hair.
6: crazy roommate, when I picked up that Craigslist roommate in uh, Virginia doing the theme park stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. they decided to go and. and Trust me, there was plenty of just stupid, off-the-rails parties of just drunk kids just getting wasted, and like, trash can Mm -hmm. disappearing, and like, oh, where's my trash can? Oh, it's in the bedroom full of puke, because they didn't put a bag in it. You know, stupid little shit like that. But they bought a a keg for a birthday party, which was cool, you know? I, I got in on the keg, like, I had a couple beers from it, but then they left it. And they left, it, and it sat for a month, and they didn't finish it the first night. So, you know, periodically I'd go by and check the status of the keg, and lo and behold, it would get lighter over time. So these motherfuckers were still drinking off this keg that, like, wasn't being refrigerated, wasn't being taken care of. It was all
7: gross. Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) How gross. (laughs) Yeah.
6: I was like, eventually I was like, y'all have to do something about this. You have to take it back. Get rid
7: of Take it. Take it back, or at least put it back on ice. For God's sake, Jesus! You're drinking a warm keg. What are we, fucking animals? Yeah, man. It was you uh, put it in your ear. Like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. I <laughs> mean, like, saw off the
6: top of a. Uh, oh, who, it's a uh, it's like a white in. I think it's a Malibu rum or something. White bottle, yeah. gold yeah, trim. Yeah, and they wanted me to like saw off the top of a bottle. For them with my multi tool, so that they could get straws that fit in there. <laughs> <It's> so stupid. <laughs> uh, sad. I did it. Many
7: such cases. I did it. <laughs> and you did it, of course. Of course. course. What are you going to do? Not do it? What are you, dick? No. Yeah. You
6: yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think I am? A fucking <laughs> domestic violent extremist? No. no. That didn't even no, no. exist back then. And I knew that I
7: didn't want to be that. Yeah. That was before it was not cool.
0: Yeah.
6: Anyways, uh, Anyways, I do have some really cool shit, and that's the Freaks of Hazards that came out and helped produce this week's episode.
7: That's right. We're a value for value production, as we've said before, and anybody who decides to uh, come in and provide us uh, any financial value, uh, I mean, everybody who provides value in a way is, is a producer, but these producers are lovingly called Freaks of Hazards, and they, uh, without them, the lights would be off and the mix would be quiet. So Mm. thank you very much for your support, everybody. And the uh, first
6: one was Make Heroism. He actually sent in a suggestion, and I am fully on board in support of this. If there's at any point you feel like you've got an idea for an ISO and a boost amount, and you want to tie them together and have them be a boostable,
7: yeah. Please send it in. Ooh, a boostable. Boostable. A boostable. Interesting. Just like that. That's the like boostergram that. in action right there. Somebody just killed a goat with a nice 66-66 boost. That was Servo. <laughs> and he said, and honk.
0: Honk, honk.
7: Do we, get a, do we get a regular honk? It'll come. It'll come. It's coming. It'll and he come. sent us that through Boost Clit. Thank you very much, Servo. We appreciate that.
6: So, Maker Heroism had a, a suggestion for a six thousand sat boost, and uh, so I got that loaded up. It's got the it's got the boost ISO there. It's got the GIF, uh, which leads Honk. me leads me into is. my uh, next. Uh, well, I want to thank Servo for this. Uh, Servo actually hooked us up with a mm. link shortener to use with the Boost Bot, so instead nice. of having a long string. Um, That points to one of the gifts He's got a fucking real tight character That, that mm. shows up in the green room chats Keeps it nice and tight Nice and tight And uh, if you click on this one For the one that he just sent You see a goat being sacrificed
7: Mmm mm. Just what you need in the morning Indubitably
6: So yeah, Make Heroism uh, Had the 6,000 sat boost I also added The James Brown boost For 11 uh well one 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 so eleven yeah, five thousand ones. yeah one hundred
7: and eleven sets yeah because it's on the one on the one he's gotta have that wand he's gotta oh. have a boost on the one and
6: uh, was there any other ones that I added I think that was just the just those two if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. let me check well, my we're list. adding
7: more all the time there's a big big old list of them there it's 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 building itself really it's beautiful. Indubitably.
6: Uh, coming in with a monthly PayPal donation, it's Quaffy von Dustbubble with their monthly payment of three dollars and thirty-three cents.
7: Thank you, Quaffy. We
6: appreciate that. And uh, Quaffy just moved out to uh, somewhere in uh, my parents' neck of the woods, so it'll be easy to go visit all of them together now. It'll be
7: awesome. Hmm, well, congratulations on moving.
6: And next up, we had a uh, we had the end of show song submitted by Tunta, so you'll be sticking around for the end of the show to hear that one.
7: Thanks, Junty, appreciate it. <laughs> it's a great song. I love it. <laughs> I'll bet that Junta, you know, he's a talented fella, no doubt.
6: And the last one that I had, it was a uh, an email from Nobray. Uh, Containing some information about uh, last week's clips uh, with the Joe Rogan experience featuring Sam Tripoli from the Tinfoil Hat podcast.
7: Yes, he had information concerning Operation High something. High Jump. High Jump. That's what it was. Operation High Jump.
6: Uh, So I got the email here. We'll uh, read through it here. He says, first, thank you for my new favorite t-shirt. I sent yeah. you all a picture on Nas. Not sure how many Noborays you hear from, but I'm the one who shares your show and bought a BTS Crest t-shirt. Uh, and fun fact, it was the NPR BTS logo that he bought, and it looks
7: awesome. Which is just flying off the shelves. Everybody really likes that one. Yeah. That's a good one. It looks totally professional. It does. Like, that's the sort of shirt
6: that, if I put that on and had a hard hat and a clipboard, you know what I'm saying?
7: They would let you into the arena for free.
6: Oh, Yeah they'd be like
7: whoa this guy's a
6: big shot
7: oh this guy works here
6: yeah dude i think that's one of the owners (laughs) hi i'm the owner hi i don't know if you know me or not but uh i I own own your place Uh,
7: i'm not rich but i have fuck you money (laughs) i may not own much but i do own you
6: <laughs> uh so he continues on. Additionally, the music bed for season one, episode one eleven, two in the fink episode is my favorite podcast intro ever. Mm. Well, thank you. Mm. I'm struggling to remember what we opened the show with last week. <laughs> Me too. But I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Uh, guys, please help me out here. Sir Booberry played a Rogan clip of Sam Tripoli, friend of Midnight Mike, on Our Big Dumb Mouth, which is true, uh, talking about Operation High Jump. You guys kind of seem to hold Sam out as an expert of sorts, and Sam seems to pass himself off as having better than average knowledge of this operation, too. I will, s- uh, I will say that... If I ever gave the impression that I considered Sam to be an expert, that would be an incorrect view on assumption. Him or yeah. assumption. Um, while I do really like Sam and I appreciate him, I think that guy does a ton of shows. And he's got seven that I can think of off the top of my head, right? And I just, I think, you know, over time, like a lot of it just starts to blend together and, you know, you, you kind of end up sort of on these same tracks a lot of the times. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely, I, th- I think he talks to super fascinating people, um, but it's for him, I feel like it's a, a lot to just mentally have there on the ready to recall at any time. If that makes any sense, so he kind of defaults to things that are the more um, comfortable things to talk about, like bitching about the blue check marks on Twitter, for example mm-hmm. uh, so you know i i think I think he I think he does good work, would I call him an expert in the conspiracy realm. I mean, who would be an expert i I wouldn't even necessarily you know consider. I mean would no agenda be, be considered experts in the in the in the world of conspiracy theorists? I mean they they're damn up there.
7: Yeah. Damn well up there, I should say. I think the, the legitimacy has to come from the data itself, which no agenda does very well in the sense that they they specifically deconstruct media, you know, and it's the information is there and they provide the data where they can, but for them it's just a lot of refuting. All they have to do is go and find something that refutes whatever the claim is in the media and, and there you have it. But uh, yeah, it's just, you're only as good as the data that you, that you provide and the, um, and the material that, that refutes or debunks the, the narrative, you know?
6: And I feel like a lot of Sam's data is anecdotal.
7: Yeah. Which is a lot of people's. Unfortunately, people, the, the the trick that a lot of people fall into is they insert themselves way too much into it and they make it about themselves or about their experience and not about the the information yeah. and what data that you have access to. Yes, we'll uh, we'll continue on with the email
6: because uh,
7: Nobera kind
6: of. uh, uh, touches on what we just discussed. However, my cursory research is a little at odds with Sam's. To be fair, Sam, even in the clip played on BTS, didn't seem to know when Operation High Jump, aka Task Force 68, happened. He kept talking about President Eisenhower being involved, even though Dwight D. Eisenhower was not president until years after the 46, uh, 1947 expedition concluded. He was Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces, Europe in 1946. In yep. 1947 um, Which doesn't preclude him from cutting deals with extraterrestrials, of course But it doesn't uh, really fit since Harry Truman was the president at the time
7: While well, tr- at... Sorry i would just say Truman was president, but yeah, the two, big, the two big heads of the military that he was always putting heads with Were um, were Eisenhower and also uh, MacArthur Douglas MacArthur, who he notoriously didn't have a good relationship with and MacArthur, if anybody, would probably be more in tune with the actual operation of, of going to Antarctica because he was in control of the Pacific, whereas Eisenhower was in charge of Europe.
0: Mm. But
7: they both were, you know, whatever, four star generals. I mean, whatever whatever major military operation that happens, it has to go through them at some point, particularly Eisenhower. Yeah. They're so, right. I could see. Yeah. I mean, fucking JFK was calling Eisenhower, you know, up until his death day, letting him know about the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, Eisenhower was had his finger on the pulse of everything that was going on on a military level.
6: Uh, so, while Admiral Byrd, who was also mentioned in these clips, organized High Jump, Rear Admiral Ethan Eric Larson is credited as commander. Which, Eric Larson is a very interesting name. Eric Larson, a if I recall correctly is a super hella famous Viking uh, Who might have even sailed across the Atlantic I thought
7: uh, Eric Larson Maybe not I could be talking out of my ass Because <laughs> Isn't that Isn't that the The, uh, the Spongebob episode Leif Erickson oh. Are you getting Eric Larson mixed up with Leif Erickson Well Leif Erickson would be a is A Viking it-
6: Oh, but Leif Erikson is also a pop singer from the seventies.
7: Ah, okay, okay. I'm not. Maybe he stole that name from them. But Leif Erikson, the Viking, is the the one who allegedly discovered North America before anyone else. Hundreds uh, of years before Columbus.
6: Yes, that's who I'm thinking of, Leif Erikson. Oops.
7: I but hey, Eric Larson, Leif Erikson. That's very you know very close. Yep. Eric Larson, a polar explorer, an American polar adventurer, for, known for his expeditions to the North Pole, South Pole, and Mount Everest. Uh, born in 71, so he's probably still alive. And the uh, the pop star
6: that I was thinking of was actually Leif Garrett, not Leif Erickson. Leif Garrickson. Leif, <laughs> Leif, I'm making it up. <laughs> I am literally making everything up.
7: Garth Brooks, <laughs> the Viking.
6: It's the whiskey, okay?
7: Tell you, you get one shot in this guy. The
6: one shot at me, man. I'm all loosened up. My tongue's firing in directions I didn't even know it could go. One shot boobs. Yeah. That's what they call them. That's what they called me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, Nobore continues. Um, Admiral Eric Larson, so close, is credited as the commander. There were other expeditions with completely different names that happened after High Jump, of course, even during the Eisenhower administration. The first people to land an airplane at the South Pole was the American Expedition Deep Freeze during the Eisenhower administration in 1956. Did everyone miss the big story of time-traveling Ike? Thank you, and I wait hearing more about the scheme. VR, uh, V slash R, no beret, unrelenting oligarch number one nice thanks number and uh he was discussing a documentary on the socials with us and uh i'm not entirely for sure which one it would have been that sam was referencing and i just i simply have not had the time to to search out the actual documentary but uh it's on my list of things to find now Mm. add it to the list so, I, I've heard some crazy shit about this. You know, it's, you know, they, they did this expedition and they come up on this giant fucking uh, spaceship battle taking place in Antarctica. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Bird and all of his troop were all masons. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. So, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Worth a look. Hmm. And I think that did it for
7: all of our producers. They can okay. get the whole list. Yeah, let me double check, make sure we didn't miss anybody. Mm-hmm. Junja Nobre, Servo, Kwaku, Undustable, Make Heroism. Thank you very much for your contributions to the show.
6: Yes, and thank you to everybody that's been boosting. We appreciate it, y'all.
7: Yeah, yeah. All the boosts, all the goats being slaughtered and put back together. You know, it all... It all is, is wonderful, so thank you so much. No doubts.
6: What do you have for us tonight? Oh, wait. We should check screen mails first. Oh, we only have the one. I think we're going well, to we'll it. It. Yeah, we'll we'll have save to save it. Yeah, we'll have
7: to save it. Yeah, yeah. But if you do want to give us a call and leave a screen mail, you can call us at 612-263-7999 and let us know what you're thinking. Indubitably. Well, the one thing that I brought tonight... Uh, is uh, nice and light. Nothing too crazy. I didn't do any hardcore research for any like you know Georgia guidestones or anything. But I heard about this guy. Uh, obviously, blueberry, you you know of giants mm-hmm. from right. <laughs> from the sense you know from myth <laughs> and from uh fantasy tales and things like that. I have a little bit of a personal experience with this. Yes. A well, personal experience. Do you know any giants? I mean, I'm pretty tall. I have met you. You are pretty tall. <laughs> you are you are fairly tall. I'm a tall guy, and you are taller than me. Uh, it's true. Uh, what would you consider to be a giant? Like, how tall would you have to be to be an actual, genuine giant? Mm,
6: my first initial response was to say nine feet, but I still feel like that could be within the realm of... Mortal uh, Gains
7: Maybe I think yeah that sounds better I think the tallest guy ever Was about that height So Uh, And you have NBA players that are like over 7 feet tall and Things like that
6: I would have to like if we're gonna
7: Like exit
6: the realm of mortals I would probably have to go 11 and above
7: Yeah that's where I'm at too I would say about 10 or above for me If you're 10 foot tall, you're like, you're a giant. Um, But then you can't be too tall. See, if you go, you could be between like 10 feet tall and then like Cthulhu sized where, you know, you can stand in the ocean and stand upright. That could be considered a giant as well. And then if you get any larger than that, I think you have to be confined to the earth. If you get, if you become like a planet eater or something like that, then you've gone beyond the classification of a giant. And yeah. You're now like something else. Star killer. <laughs> bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really bad day. Uh well, there have been reports in the past of creatures described as giants. And you know, we we have certain uh, demographics of people across the world that are naturally taller, like g- going back to the NBA, you have one of the tallest players of all time who ever played was Yao Ming. Very famous Chinese basketball player. He's so famous that even I know who he is. You know who he is. We all know who he is. He, he dwarfed Shaquille O'Neal. That's how tall this guy was. Is. He's still alive. Um, and he's from a like an area of China where there's all kinds of people that are massive. And it's like a genetic thing. And there's just some sort of giant gene that these guys have. But, you hear reports every now and again, and obviously a lot of it's woo-woo, you know, or can be misconstrued as woo-woo or whatever. But there have been certain incidents recorded over time where people have engaged with something, a creature that they would classify as a giant. And one of them is this situation that happened in Afghanistan in 2002. They engaged with a creature they call the Giant of Kondar. Uh, The events allegedly happened in 2002 in a desert part of Afghanistan, a very, um, you know, rural, isolated area, where a U.S. Army squad, maybe the Green Berets, uh, went missing. There was a special ops task force that went missing. And so they sent in a SEAL team or somebody like that to go and find out what happened. And one of the guys, I found a clip, this guy who is a, a... an ex Navy SEAL. He wasn't personally part of this, but he was stationed in Afghanistan, and he heard the stories of this incident. And the locals kind of talked about it, and it was a it was a documented incident that was kind of brushed over. And uh, they they got the paperwork on it. It did happen, but they just say that it was a creature or an animal or something that did it. But this guy seems to have a much better scoop. A little bit of a background on this guy, though, if you can play a giant one.
8: After three years of intense military training, I had become a Navy SEAL, joined my first SEAL team, which was SEAL Team 2 in Virginia, and I had joined my platoon, my 25-man platoon. We had gone through all this additional training at the team to prepare for deployment, and here I was three years to the day, almost exactly from when I went to boot camp getting ready to deploy as a Navy SEAL to Afghanistan. But none of that training would prepare me for how intense my first couple of weeks in Afghanistan would be. And immediately I was struck by the just stunning beauty of the landscape. I remember looking out, and all these snow covered mountains and i remember thinking like how is this a war zone this is one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen i don't think i really appreciated just how foreign of a place afghanistan is relative to where i come from we get out to our site and that night they wanted to go they being the team that we were relieving Uh, they wanted us to go on an operation we were going to be up in the mountains and i remember distinctly them talking about the cave systems that were in these mountains and i remember thinking like how creepy that was that we would be up on these mountains walking around it's so isolated it's so foreign and there could be like people hiding in caves that we could accidentally fall into one of their caves Like it just, it really, really creeped me out. And so I was talking about how creepy these caves were and the interpreter was like, you know, what's really creepy is back in 2002, there was this fairly well-documented case of another special operations unit, the Army Green Berets coming in contact with a creature in a cave and they actually got into a battle with it and they lost one of their soldiers to this creature and it was fairly well documented but then it was quickly kind of silenced I mean, certainly the story was interesting, but I didn't really believe it. Maybe it was some animal, maybe it was some person, whatever it was, there was some explanation to it. It wasn't until now that I actually started exploring different strange occurrences and strange events. And I looked and found some testimony from one of the soldiers that came forward anonymously, who was a part of this operation where they came in contact with this creature in Kandahar. And what struck me about his testimony is it sounds authentic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell that soldier's story and i'm going to tell uh the other kind of corroborating witness stories as well to try to give you a picture of what happened in kandahar in 2002 and you can be the judge if you think this is fact or fiction well this will be fun Hmm. Mm-hmm.
7: from certain stories of different giants that people have i guess seen over the years uh they seem to have certain common traits uh, some of them are claimed to be redheads. That yes. they have six fingers and six toes. I've heard the redhead thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So this is, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure why this seems to be the recurring theme, uh, other than the fact that, that there's, this is just sort of the genetic makeup of these giants, I, I guess. Redheaded, six fingers, six toes, somewhere between 12 and 15 feet tall. Um, and as he was saying in Afghanistan, it's way out in the middle of nowhere. It's very uh, foreign, as he says, very different than, you know, if you're from America from the United States, the landscape is very mountainous and there's a shitload of caves and there's all kinds. Of, I mean, it's terrifying to think that like any one of these caves could be inhabited with, you know, not giants, but just people, you know, maybe you'll get robbed or murdered or something because <laughs> all these caves everywhere. So, he talks about uh, the story uh, as he heard it with Giants 2,
8: Missing In two- Green Berets. Oops, sorry. In 2002, an Army infantry unit just vanished. They were on patrol in the Kandahar Mountain Range in Afghanistan, and they stopped using the radios. They stopped calling in. No one knew what was going on. They didn't call in a TIC, which stands for Troops in Contact. Basically, any military unit, if you're out on an operation and you start getting shot at, you radio in to your higher command, hey, Troops in Contact, or TIC, which signals to them, You need to get aircraft on standby. You need to get ready to send reinforcements. They need to be ready to support you. But they only do that if you signal that you're in a tick. And it's a lot of people, if anything, will call it in too early. You know, units are known to call it in almost prematurely sometimes. And so the idea that a a unit would vanish without calling in a tick or any sort of communication about any gunfight or any ambush or anything, it's a little bit strange. And so they disappear. The Army decides that in order to find them, because this is obviously a really big deal, they would get their most elite unit. So the Army Green Berets, that's they're very elite special forces they would send them out to find this missing unit and so one soldier that was a part of that elite special forces detachment who just goes by Mr. K uh, he would come forward years later and tell the story of what happened once they were tasked with this mission
7: so we're building it up, we're building it up here alright let's let's uh let's let's just get right into it giants 3 the cave
8: and so over the first few days nothing really happened they didn't come in contact with the enemy they didn't see any sign of this missing infantry unit they just walked along the mountains carrying a bunch of gear and that was it at some point they noticed a little bit farther ahead that there was this distinct pathway leading up the mountain and kind of around the corner and it looked like a goat trail lots of goats that would run around the mountainside and and it looked like a very well developed goat trail and they decided let's just go up there if nothing else we can go go up onto wherever this leads us and maybe look down across the other side of the mountain and, and see if we can see anything and so the team starts making their way up this goat trail and as soon as they start making their way up they start noticing that there are little pieces of american military equipment on the ground there are pieces of radios like whip antennas and housing of the actual radio itself they found military style backpacks as well and they started finding pieces of uniforms that belonged to the missing infantry unit they knew based on the patches that were on these uniforms so as they're walking up this trail of broken equipment and uniforms they start seeing some bone on the ground they didn't know if it was human bone or what they start seeing broken bones scattered on their way up to this kind of plateau they get to this plateau uh, it's like a flat section of the mountain, right? It's like a steep mountain, and there's like this little like shelf almost, and there's more equipment scattered and more bones scattered across it, and there's all these cave entrances right in front of them. It's like, as if they were intentionally placed so that they fed out onto this shelf. And so they start moving towards the mouth of the caves, and they realize, without even getting very close, that even though the mouth of these caves are pretty large and everybody could go into the cave, there is a steep drop-off. Like, You'd walk in, and then it just goes straight down. And someone kind of peered over the edge and couldn't see how far it went down. And they decided that it was just too dangerous to go in there, because clearly something happened here where American lives were lost, you know, based on the tattered uniforms and equipment. And so let's just pull back and take up defensive positions, looking at the entrance to all of these, these cave entrances.
7: Mm, I love all the bones being strewn around it's a nice setup i like the way that this guy but this guy by the way his name is mr ballin on youtube and he has six and a half million subscribers sounds a little spooky so this guy uh yeah this is a nice spooky story here and i like the build up and he's got some weird little background noise going and and all that so these guys have gone up the mountain they found all these bones, they find the tatters of, of slain American soldiers, and they find this big wide cave with this big drop-off. And so now they're kind of doing a little reconnaissance, you know, they're taking a breath, they're kind of trying to get their bearings. All right, and then they see it. Giants 4, the
8: fight. And so as leadership goes down, kind of out of the, the fatal funnels, if you will, outside of these caves, Mr. K, who's the guy who's told us this whole story, he said he's looking at one of the entrances to the caves and he sees a flash of movement inside of the cave. And he like looks over at it. He doesn't have time to react to it or anything. And all of a sudden, a spear comes flying out of the cave, this big, big like massive lance comes flying out and it goes right through one of his teammates whose name was dan and so dan's down and so the whole team saw that they didn't see who threw it but they certainly saw the spear hit dan and so as they're like shocked and just keeping their weapon up wondering what's going to happen out runs this by mr k's account a 12 to 15 foot tall man with a red beard and red hair down past his shoulders comes charging out howling like a war cry he's got Animal skins for clothes. He just looks super dirty. And he runs over to Dan to pull the spear out and probably use it again. And the rest of the team at this point has broken out of their shock of what they're seeing and they start engaging this giant. And the giant didn't really have a chance to fight back. And in 30 seconds, the giant is down too. So Dan's down and the giant is down. And the whole team is like, what just happened? Jesus, could you imagine? A
6: 15-foot being throwing what it would see as a lance.
7: <laughs> yeah, this is probably like a sharpened, like, 10-foot-long wooden spear. Yeah. And it just blasts through some poor bastard. I mean, that thing has got to be, like, I don't know, fucking, like
6: what, what would you say, four inches in diameter, maybe? Like, the size yeah. of your of your four, four, uh, four fingers?
7: Yeah, yeah, something like that, or maybe even maybe even bigger than that Somewhere <sighs> between, like, four and six Fucking, yeah It's, uh And I like the the skins, too They describe the, the giant He's, he's filthy, he smells like shit He's covered in animal hides
6: That would you check know. out I mean, he <laughs> probably doesn't get a lot of
7: baths There's no giant-sized well, uh, bathhouses No, Hello. no They burned him down Oh, uh, what's that?
6: That that was uh that was the Mary Kate Ultra Six Thousand
7: Boost. Boo! Oh uh, the new Six Thousand Boost from Anonymous.
6: Yep, I was uh, testing it out. Testing out the pod first. It looks great. It Looks fucking awesome.
7: Oh, was it you? Are yep. you Anonymous? I am Anonymous. I am oh. the anon. Oh you boosted me right in the middle of my story Oh I see how it is Yeah you like that I'm gonna oh, do
6: it again geez. You keep bringing stories about giants And fucking animal hides Honk
0: and- <laughs> <laughs> and Honk <laughs>
6: Oh jeez
7: uh, Oh oh. nice Servo posted a uh, Picture of uh, The January 6th Whoa. bro is It's it just like him Connected Maybe it's his cousin Pfft <sighs> That guy, he's got those, look at all those fake Trump people. They're fucking fake hats and shit. He's got they're shiny. Those are shiny hats. Those are brand new. You ha- they handed him before the photo op, and they handed him back after.
6: And then you fresh out the box, motherfucker with the mask. He's got his feet crossed. He's like, oh, you know, this is a gr- you know that this is the primo shot. This is going to show just. All the ways our democracy Are gratuitously falling apart You see what I'm talking about on the right there With his feet fucking crossed His feet crossed Yeah on the ro- or, or, Excuse me I'm looking at the left On the left yes, uh, I'm, yes On the left side If I'm like you know in the back yeah, Watching this from on stage
7: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways the guy on the left is the one I'm talking about Yeah and he's chilling He's got his little mask Yeah Seems
0: a little weird, bro mm-hmm.
7: What a clown show Fuck all of these people <laughs> <laughs> And they're pre-fold Look, the flags still have the folds in them
6: Oh yeah, 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 yeah Especially in that Trump one
7: For sure mm-hmm. Full show Well, uh, anyway uh, Let's see uh, So this giant comes out And he fights uh, everybody and uh, the squad was, you know, it's a special forces unit, so they've got, you know, the big guns. You got full auto M four carbons, they got uh uh M one hundred sevens, they've got fifty cals, they've got I mean I guess fifty cals, I don't know why they would maybe they took a Jeep or something up there, I don't know, but they they blasted this thing away and it and it lasted I guess thirty seconds. Any one person with all of that aimed at them would be gone in one second, let alone 30. So if that's to be believed, then this guy, he was a tough sucker. Yeah. <laughs> well, tough son of a bitch. Uh, so they kill the thing and then, uh, they don't really quite know what to do, but, uh, the, the head army guys do the big brass does. Played play giants five, the debrief
6: real quick. Uh, it, Turns out I did have the last words of the giant as he laid there dying. They were able to record him. Do you, know, do you want to know what he said? What did he say?
7: I'm a donut now. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> he got a hole blown through him, you know? Ah, I see. Yes, yeah. they rocketed him <laughs> in the middle, yes. In the center.
6: Ah, yes. Uh, we were at the debrief.
8: Uh, yeah, Giants Fire the debrief, the debrief so after the dust had settled and all the, the, the shooting had stopped, they went to check on Dan and, and Dan had passed away and so they called back into higher headquarters and they're trying to describe what happened a very large, possibly human creature through a projectile that hit Dan and so they sent two helicopters out one to retrieve Dan and the team, the other just to hoist up this very large human-like creature because they wanted to know what it was, and they struggled mightily to get it get the netting around this big creature uh, it ended up weighing over 1100 pounds uh, it had six toes on each foot and it had six fingers on each on each hand uh, they load it up they string it onto this helo and it takes off and the team gets into the other helicopter and they go back expecting to be debriefed as soon as they get back to base The helicopter with the giant would fly to an airfield and they would meet up with a crew of a C-130, which is another big military aircraft, the pilot of that craft would publicly say that he remembers seeing a 12 to 15 foot tall giant person with six fingers on each hand, six six toes on each foot. And he would say that's what he saw, even though it was later redacted and made top secret. Mr. K and his team, they flew back to the base to be debriefed. And so they had to provide an after action report. It's something done in the military. You go out, you do any operation, you come back and you write up what happened. And so Mr. K and his team decided to just be honest about what they saw. And so they described it again in detail, you know, six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, you know, it came out, it threw the spear, it hit Dan, you know, it was this horrible situation. And once they submitted it, their leadership said, you got to rewrite that, like, we're not going to accept that. So Mr. K said they ultimately rewrote it. And it just sounded like a typical engagement in the mountains with the enemy. And it was made top secret, and they never saw it again. And that was it. Mr. K said that he and the rest of his team also had to sign non-disclosure agreements to not ever talk about what they saw. Uh, And they never got any word about what actually happened. Like, what did they do with the body of the giant? And they just never got any clarity out of it. It was just basically made top secret, redacted, and they were told, don't talk about it. So it would take until 2016 when Mr. K finally just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go public with what I saw because my friend died. And they're acting like, you know, this didn't happen, but it did happen. And so that's why we have this detailed report of this mission where they came in contact with the giant of Kandahar.
7: The Lord Giant it. of Kendahar. You're going to need to rewrite that, son. <laughs> son, I believe you made a mistake.
6: Boy, don't you. you? Check your paperwork again. Seemed to find some minor discrepancies that needed uh, checking.
7: This is the army, son. We don't make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is Mr. K in a cave hole? Lone Wolf asks. Possibly. To to recover from such a traumatic experience, I imagine going into a K hole would be a step in the right direction after all. Hmm, indubitably. Hmm. So, yeah, the soldiers sign non disclosure paperwork, and uh, the whole thing becomes hush hush, and everybody calls it a hoax. And it's easy to go, ah, but in the event that it did happen, what else would they do but do that? You know what I mean? If, theoretically, there was an incident like this to occur, then they would have no choice but to, not, to, but to deny everything. Mm-hmm. And to say, oh, no, there's a lion or something. Got him.
0: Yeah. Of course. And, you know, I mean.
7: Wipe everyone off the face of the planet, you know. Oh, lordy. So, yeah that's that's the giant uh, i don't know why that came up but it's it, i i just love the idea that giants are living in the caves of Afghanistan somewhere and afghanistan if you know the history of the place it has a lot of ties to um to certain organizations that are associated with who we call the illuminati and certain uh, organizations that have existed throughout the centuries and eons afghanistan as a uh, is a hot location where a yeah. lot of shit has gone down historically yeah, <laughs> for a long time. For a very, very, very long time, for thousands of years. If I'm,
6: I, I could be wrong, is that where ancient Sumeria would have been located, that area,
7: or am I off base? Well, Sumeria is kind of a catch-all for a couple things, but usually it's Iraq and, and Iran, Iraq and Iran, that are that are considered like the ancient sumeria mesopotamia like the the cradle of civilization where the assyrians and all that syria syria assyria but yeah afghanistan is right by there and not only that but they have they're sort of next to like the the caucus i know the kids will snicker at that one but you know the there's also like a sort of russian cradle of civilization as well right and uh well, I would you, say Afghanistan sorry, is like I didn't between. say right. I didn't I'm, I'm, I didn't hear that.
6: I don't want to be seen as a pro-Russia sympathizer podcast
7: about about Russia having a cradle of civilization. Yeah, I don't think you can say that. Well, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who comes knocking on my door this week. A lot of weirdos around here. There's all I, kind of, that's uh, okay. Reddit police. Open up. Oh, man. Where did you <laughs> ban me from today? We should do an episode on cradles of civilization. Hold on, I'm slurring my words. Do one shot. Um, cradles of civilization, like in India and China, obviously in Sumeria. And uh, there's kind of one, but not really in the United States. The United States is a tricky one because they destroyed all of that shit like when they were doing archaeology like they they i don't know why i'm veering off into this topic but this will be my parting thought thomas jefferson is considered the father of archaeology but really some people who actually invented archaeology just approached him and asked for funding and so he gets all the credit um but the 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 first real sort of mass archaeology as we understand it the modern version of it it kind of started in the united states And Hmm. they went out and they just, you know, if anyone knows about the history of archaeology, they weren't very tender in the beginning. (laughs) You know, they they weren't very nuanced with how they went about shit. They would rip things down, you know. In America, you had mounds that were old burial grounds or they were, you know, even old pyramids or structures, much like there are pyramids in South America that still exist. That you can go and visit all the time. And um, in Mexico and in Peru. And then you got the Smithsonian coming
6: in and snatching up all the
7: giant bodies. Just oh yeah, just grabbing them all up. Take that giant body and, and discard it somewhere.
6: Where did you put it, Smithsonian? Huh?
7: Where did you come from? Where did you go? Uh yeah. Uh and then they invented dynamite and it only got worse. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was reading about a guy, I was thinking about doing a bit on him. He was uh, one of the early um, gold guys here in California during the gold rush. And he worked for the Rothschilds. And the Rothschilds had a massive presence. And for anyone who knows the history of the west coast of the United States, San Francisco was the first American city on the west coast after the territory was annexed after the Mexican-American War, which ended in 1849, uh, which is why we got the San Francisco 49ers. This guy came in and he was like a you know, a middleman in the gold trade for the Rothschilds. And he ended up, like, cheating them, or he ended up, they tried to cheat him, or whatever. He walked away obscenely rich after screwing over the most powerful family in the world. And then he became himself a, a, an archaeologist, and, a, a, you know, an amateur archaeologist, I guess you could call it. And he had dynamite. <laughs> and they blame him for fucking just destroying so many priceless artifacts Um, in his pursuit for what, you know, what we can surmise was actually a genuine passion. He really did want to do it, but he just went about it the wrong way. (laughs) You know? Well, you know what they say, if you
6: blow up your love and your love comes back, then it was meant to be.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Where I come from, we call love shrapnel.
6: (laughs) (laughs) That would be a pretty good band name, Love Shrapnel.
7: Love shrapnel. Or that a, is a good band. Or an name. album title. That's a good album title. Yeah, or just a sick single. Yeah. our new single, "Love Shrapnel." Mm, very, uh,
6: very edge metal, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hot. It's poetic. It's Some like foot. Buck Cherry sort of
7: riffs. <laughs> it's basically just uh, tonight. I wanna rock you. <laughs> nice. Spinal tap, baby We should put that on. We do have that on the list I take that back It's on the list Easy Well, uh, that's it I wanted to keep it nice and light tonight That was the giant of, uh, of Kandahar of Afghanistan
6: I like it Yeah It's a very spooky
7: uh,
6: Kandahar And also that uh, it sounds like Kandarian demons Which were the uh, demons found in Army of Darkness and Evil Dead, the series Oh my! I haven't
7: watched that in so long. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, oh, is that where the story of David and Goliath took place? Asked Mama Berry. Well, that would be technically in Judah, uh, in what is now modern-day Israel. Afghanistan really isn't that far from there.
6: Could be a di- like a direct descendant.
7: Well, that's that's the idea that, that giants existed, and there's a huge. I guess I should you know preface it or post fist seeing as how we're wrapping up, that the Bible is filled with giants. And that, you know, in Genesis, they say the giants walked the earth and that they were the children of gods, you know, mating with human women. Yep. And uh, they were called the Nephilim, uh, among other names. And David and Goliath, uh, that whole story also took place, you know, in the Old Testament, roughly around, oh, I would say probably like 1200 B.C., uh, is when that is alleged to have taken place, and when David was supposed to have been king, and united Judah. Um, and the the idea in the Bible is that there were still giants running around, or that is the tradition. Although, with the David and Goliath story in particular, with the text, there is nowhere in the text of of the Old Testament, at least in the, the King James Version and and everything beyond, that says that Names Goliath as Goliath and calls him a giant. In the, in the actual text itself, they say that David slew a Philistine with stone or something like that, but it doesn't actually say anything about him being giant or naming him Goliath, which I always thought was interesting. Because David and Goliath is obviously one of the most famous stories of the Bible. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath, but the actual story itself is, is kind of not in there at all. <laughs> What? I know it's wild. It's like as if people don't even read the Bible. <laughs> Goliath. What? Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? We kind of got it. Whatever. You know. God <laughs> exists. Enough. I think. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs>
6: and you're a dirty bitch if you eat these cloven hoofed animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't eat
7: shellfish and Mm-mm. don't eat hogs. And don't eat, uh, you know, and snip part of your penis off. Yeah. And you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need some scissors. Oh, scissor me timbers. <laughs> oh, <my God>.
6: <laughs> <laughs> totally unrelated, but we were, in a, we were uh, dumping the truck. And I looked at one of the stage hands and I said to him square in the face, Bring me 15 hookers and a tape measure.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Now. (laughs) But, sir, now. Now, I said, damn it. Now, I said, fool. This is the time for action, not democracy. (laughs) This is not a democracy. That's another misconstruction. Since when does democracy actually mean everybody gets to vote? That's not what democracy was. In ancient Greece, it meant that the old, rich, white guys voted, and they had slaves, for God's sake. Democracy, this is why, <laughs> this is what kills me. You know, this is, this is why I'm so frustrated all the time. Democracy, know? what? It's like, do you people actually read the shit that you're talking about? Come on. Look at it. Analyze it. McDonald. Well. Well. If 51% of
6: the population decided to ask to mouth you... I'd say yes. Would would you be a dick if you said, no, don't do that? Because, well, 51% of the people
7: just said that the, or sorry, 51% of the people disagree with you. Would you want 51% of the people to tongue your asshole, or 100% of the people to tongue 51% of your asshole?
6: Ooh, uh, mm. (sighs) hmm.
7: If a train's leaving your asshole at 55 miles an hour... Heading towards Chicago. Do I get to pick the 51%? Of, of, of what they eat? Of course. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you draw them a little picture. Yes. A little graph. Yeah. This is the yes, yes zone, and this is the no, no zone. That was in the no, no zone. <laughs> That's the yes, yes zone. Exactly. It's a science.
6: <laughs> Don't question it. Here's what the insertion zone sounds like.
0: Holy fucking shit, you guys!
7: Honk, honk.
0: (laughs) Honk.
7: (laughs) Jesus, we need to get the fuck out of here. This is.
6: (laughs) I don't know where we're going. Uh, I do know where we're going. We're going into a voicemail.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and Buddy are drinking a box wine, and I kind of freaked that one up. What I meant to say was, hey, let me get a ooh-woo.
7: Oh, Uh-oh. ooh, woo. That was a hearty ooh, woo! Ooh, woo! Ooh, 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 ooh woo! Ooh,
6: ooh, ooh, mm. woo. ooh woo. I, need, I need to cut that so I can get them both saying that together on top of themselves. You know what I'm saying, son? Oof, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, woo. Yes.
0: <laughs> ooh, <laughs>
4: ooh, 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 <laughs> spread your cheeks.
7: And say, please give it to me, and then I'll really give it to you. Okay, (laughs) honk, 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 honk.
6: I gotta get back to that page.
0: Honk, honk.
6: Yeah, there it is. I think that's uh, I think that does it for tonight. I think so too. Yeah, we'll be back on Sunday next week. After No Agenda.
7: Indeed. We will be following up No Agenda for episode 113. Lucky 113, man. And then, on 114, on the Monday, not only are we going to be having our first ever Behind the Schemes movie night, spooky, spooky movie night, but also we're going to uh, enjoy the company of the lovely John Fletcher and Carolyn Blaney on Hog Story. Uh, we're going to be on Hog Story hanging out And then we're going to go and watch our movie On Monday
6: So I don't know if we can technically call that one 114 because I'm not sure that we could Record the audio and uh,
7: Re-upload it Let's not call it 114 we'll call it 113 and a half <laughs> Sounds good to me I I like it I like it Thanks for tuning in everybody
6: Yeah, we'll be back uh, on Sunday About 4.30 central or so hey, It's We're about that time 4.20, 20 ish Yeah I got some Jim Carrey artwork in the pipeline That'll be a lot of fun Indeed, indubitably
7: Oh yes oh God, my. We got so many fucking things going It's so exciting it just piles on and on It's just more and more stuff It's great Yeah man I can't even talk about it I can't even talk about it We will be
6: the titans of the entertainment industry Oh yes (laughs) We will be the titans of the entertainment industry Or dare I say Giants Yes They'll be like Vince McHugh, And they'll be like oh yeah BTS with Lavish the Red And Boo Berry Black Knight of the Mothman
7: That's right Keeping it black and red Red and black Maybe not that far (laughs) We're going to cut that out Actually, we're going to start the whole show over again Sorry about that Take it back from the top, everybody From the top
6: From the top, here we go
7: We did it
0: before, we could do it again (laughs) Literally
2: (laughs) It was probably some MKUltra experiment Very likely Most
6: likely Indubitably. And uh, I'm just going to Keep living my daily MK Ultra experiment lifestyle. Until next time, I've been
7: Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And until next time, I have inevitably inevitably been Sir Lavish.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, this is great. This is a fine specimen, this one. <laughs> <laughs> He's the devil, and the devil would lie like this. This is literally the devil. <laughs> the devil is lying, lying to you.
5: This is the devil speaking. It's going
8: to be a big nut bus. You got an eight right there. It's pretty good. Honk, honk. The mothman comes out of nowhere
2: and grabs you. Oh, I love that pearl handle. Behind the schemes, you're calling yourself, oh
0: yeah.
4: All those really smart people out there, way smarter than me, you think of the solutions to all of my problems so that I don't have to. I'm not responsible or accountable for anything or anyone. Thank you. You're so much better than me. I guess I'll hurry up and die. I eat the bugs. Give up me, come down the end and the lights. Me, worthless swine, you, pearl shinier than mine. Without me...
0: Wait, what the fuck?